Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Ortiz fights it off center field. Damon running to the plate, and he can keep on running to New York. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. I can't circle. I don't have my telestrator today, but what? here comes a pizza. See it? <laughs> This is our fucking city, and nobody gonna dictate our freedom. Stay strong. Welcome back to the Name Redacted Podcast, America's most beloved podcast, the most downloaded Red Sox podcast in the world. Uh, when I tell you that I just changed my shirt five minutes ago because I didn't want to be on like four straight podcasts wearing the same hoodie, I was wearing the same hoodie. Like I, we're three straight. Yeah, I fucking what, what what day did I fly to Arizona? What day is today? Thursday? I think. All right. So Monday morning, I was wearing a hoodie. We did baseball is dead. Then I flew to Arizona, got in at one in the morning, then was in Arizona doing stuff for MLB Network Tuesday, Wednesday. Today is Thursday. Woke up at five, did baseball is dead at five thirty. Car came at 6.30, flight was at 8.30, landed, ate food, and then now we're doing this show, but I was wearing the same hoodie because I flew, I, I, I actually stole that from Jake. Jake only flies in hoodies, and I was like, you know what? It's smart, and once on the flight home, I was like, yeah, we may be in Arizona where it's 106 degrees, but it's going to be cold on that fucking plane, and it was, and I was like, I was nice and comfy in my little hoodie, and... I was snuggling up next to Jared Saltalamacchia. Yeah, we were both uh, originally. So I, I was supposed to fly back Friday and I was like, you know what? Like if 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 someone else is staying in Arizona, I was like, they can have the the fly, the my Friday flight, which is probably a, a, a nice seat. Uh, I was like, I'll take the earlier one. We can we can switch because I can just fly back in between podcasts. So then I get to the airport and walk up to the gate. Who's sitting there? Jared Saltalmachia. And I was like, this is great because on Monday, I have to go to the fucking Cape to do an episode for the Nesson show. We're going to be following around Jared Saltalmachia because he's with the Born Braves Cape League. So we're going to be shooting an episode on Monday down the Cape. And so we're sitting there at the gate. Uh, Is fucking Brockton near the Cape? I'm going to be down the Cape next week on for vacation. What? 
Vacation. Oh, on vacation, on vacation. All right. Well, I, so I, I told you, that I've said this a million times. I've never been to the Cape before, ever in my life. Not just like a Cape League game. I've this never is the been first time? Why are you reacting like this is the first time that you've heard this? Because it, it disgusts me when I hear people who live in Massachusetts who've never been to the Cape. I've already broken uh, this down for you. I've already broken this down for you. If you grew up in the North Shore, you vacation in New Hampshire and Maine. I've been to both. If you, You're an idiot. If you grew up in the South Shore... You vacation in the Cape. Like, that's that's how it breaks down. Uh, first off, let me uh, rep Dover, New Hampshire. Shout out to the family up there. I, I'd be in New Hampshire. I'd be doing New Hampshire things. <laughs> I'd be in I, New Hampshire. I know about the sales tax. I yeah. know how things work up there. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's a different little thing. You're not going to get what you get down the Cape up in New Hampshire. I'm not it's, saying I didn't want to do it. I'm just saying my family never took me there. And then, I don't know, by the time... I graduated high school. I just became this baseball weirdo. So I, I, my vacation this past November was my first vacation since 2006. I, I, I did forget that you never vacation. I went to Disney with my family the summer of 2006. I think it was the summer going into my junior year of high school. All I know is that John Lester made his big league debut when I took my last vacation <laughs> that John Lester made his big league debut. <laughs> the last time I took a vacation before this past November. And he was retired when you took your next vacation. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Like he was retired after like a potential hall of fame career. By the time I took my next vacation uh, and the vacation that I took, we went to Austin and it was almost like a, like a staycation. You know how like you just like you live in Boston, you just get a hotel in Boston just to like chill in a hotel. Like we got an Airbnb in Austin, Texas. We didn't do shit. We saw Joe Rogan do stand up one night. Every other day, we just fucking stayed inside and uh, watched conspiracy documentaries on YouTube. That was it. It was awesome. I had the best. That's time. that's how I vacation. If I ever have to go anywhere, I don't want to do anything. I don't like adventures. Yeah, no. I, I want to drink things. I want to eat things, inhale things, and just let my mind float to wherever I need to go. Are you gonna? Uh, are you gonna go on a vacation this off season? Oh yeah, uh, I'm planning. Uh, I think I'm gonna be going down to Miami actually. Wow, yeah, Miami Milliken. Miami Milliken might be making oh, an appearance. Oh my god, I'm gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna be out on the scene. So what you know, the shout hell out to my are Miami you gonna people. do in Miami? I just thought I fit the scene. I, I should get down there and try. A few you things. fit the scene? Yeah, you can't picture me out are clubbing. Are you doing shitting me, dude? Yeah. 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 You're going to go to Miami. fucking Miami? Miami <laughs> fucking Florida. There's no way Miami Milliken is just going to be tearing it up down there. Listen, I'm getting cut right now. I'm trying to get skinny. I'm going to break out the body. I'm breaking out the body on the Miami oh Beach. Oh, my God. I, I got to see it. I got to see it. I don't. I'm trying to picture it, but I can't really see it. It's sneaky jacked. You know what I mean? It takes some time to get sneaky there, but I've been jacked. watching them. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of the uh, Miami seasons of Jersey Shore, so I kind of know what it takes to survive. Now. Okay. All right. Um. <laughs> got sidetracked where were you jared where were we we cape trip you're going to cape uh born born yeah and then i i ended up uh i was sitting like salty had the aisle seat on the left and i had the middle seat on the right and then there were, ended up being some open seats so the person sitting next to me got up and sat in the back so i scooted over one so me and salty were just we were all snuggled up uh, flying back to Boston together. 
are, are you a plane talker or are you more like just happy to be next to each other and you're doing your thing yeah. and he's doing his thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had the iPad. He was, he was watching some show that I wasn't familiar with and I watched the game on my phone. Sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, I I didn't I didn't. This is like maybe the first time all season. I didn't send a single tweet during that game. I was like, what the fuck do you want me to say? Nothing game was boring to say. as fuck. Yeah, it was boring. Like I, I was, I was gonna tweet something, but I was like, I don't even feel like being a sore loser today. I just don't fucking care. I was gonna say the Red Sox took that series two games to three. I mean, two out of three. They took two out of three in that series. They punted the last one. I don't give a fuck about. Like, you know, you got fucking Joe Ryan going up there, complete game shutout. Yeah, tip your cap. Tip your cap. It was a great performance, but it was a punt game for the Red Sox. Red Sox took two out of three in that series. So I, I'm going to take that as a win for me because you did say split. I said they were going to win the series. So we're going to no, I was right. Milk in the I w. was right. No, no, no. I was right. No, I was right about the split. If we're going to live in reality, that's what reality yeah, is going to be. Yeah. If we live in the reality, I was correct. I prefer the fake world, the world that you uh, are living in. What happened to Bullet? Mm, he died. <laughs> Excuse me? Excuse me? What yeah, is that? That's a new addition to the soundboard. Say, so no one ran that by me. Uh, listen, um, it's a new addition to the soundboard. I'm, it's, uh, Jake actually said that we could do it. Jake, you knew? I mean, it's a great sound. It's a great sound. Can you play it for me one more time? What happened to Maybe bullet? I misheard it. Mm. He died. <laughs> Suck on it. <laughs> what am I even supposed to say to that? Um, listen, spot the lie. It's not wrong. No, it's not wrong. Can, can I ask for the uh, the source of this, where this came from? Um, yes. So uh, we've told her story before. Uh, her name's Sharon, and she was a, a guest of honor at Fenway Park. We took her out to uh, home plate, taking some pictures out there. Uh, her daughter, Anna Lee was very kind to she actually uh so so that is um Sharon's uh granddaughter. Oh. Uh, so she painted you a picture which was very cute. I have the picture. She has a card for Jake. There's a card for you Tyler. I got a card. Uh the pictures that we took uh at at home plate got those frames. So I'm going to have those hanging up in the house. Um but yeah, that that's her that's her granddaughter who um big bullet fan. Big bullet aficionado. That, that listen. She's not wrong. Bullet is dead as fuck. Super like, yeah, dead. I, I'm not trying to well, deny there's it. There's more. So. There's more. Oh. Okay, tell the people what happened to Bullet. And Bullet died by his car. <laughs> My poor boy. My poor boy. <laughs> 20 years and he still gets stomped on. Listen, you just, you got to appreciate the fact that Bullet, Bullet lives on um, in the hearts of children now. Touching different generations at That's this point. That's what I'm saying. Like, you never would have thought in a million years that Bullet's legacy would live on through the next generation. Less than a year of life and Bullet is uh, still kicking 20 years later. Yes. I'll take it. Yes. Thank you. So shout out to the whole family. We have three generations now of name redacted listeners. And now um, she lives on on the soundboard. Like, that's just what happened to Bullet? Mm. He died. (laughs) That's just 
anytime you get out of line, that's where we're going. Listen, everybody needs something to rail them in at times. So mm-hmm. you know what? I could do it. I will just leave this up to the subreddit. There's been t- some talk of us getting a second dog in my household. Uh-huh. Would it be wrong to name the next dog Bullet 2? Yeah. That's wrong? Yeah, I think it's wrong. Okay. That probably a bad like karma thing, right? What if you name what if you just name the dog Bullet again? Cuz I mean well, like I don't the first disrespect one, Bullet 1. Well, Bullet 1 didn't have a long life. It doesn't listen, your impact isn't about how long you live. It's about how old how was you Bullet? How old people. was Bullet? legit like 11 months okay so didn't even make it to a year so i think that's i think that's fair to have bullet again imagine how imagine how instagram famous bullet would be bullet reborn yeah talk about in the subreddit please give me input okay i actually had one fan and i put fan quotations reach out and be like bro i love the podcast but like you having Brock on to like talk about no one cares about the marathon and chase for home run. Like just talk about baseball. Like I love when you're on with Maz. I love when you're on with Maz and you just, you just you're, you're great with straight baseball talk, but I just can't do like all the, I was like, how are you going to sit there and say that you're an OG section 10 fan and you don't have an appreciation for the off the fucking reservation content on this program if you were to pull the og section 10 listeners and even the listeners of of name redacted as well power rank your favorite episodes or your favorite segments in podcast history not podcast history but this this podcast history trash island i guarantee you that's number one without even putting it to a poll i would venture to guess Trash Island is coming in at number one most favorite Section 10 segment of all time. Number two is probably going to be Suns Out, Guns Out. That was about basketball. So someone was asking for it like a week ago. I saw on the subreddit. Yeah. Suns Out, Guns Out. Uh, I would say that the the four hour episode where we did the Pat voicemails just shitting on Pat had nothing to do with baseball. That's in the conversation. Uh, The Ice Horse. Like, yeah, that was finding a nickname for a Red Sox player, but that's not Red Sox talk. We were workshopping a nickname to we basically created our own mythical being for a segment and then gave it to a player. So don't give me the whole, oh, I'm an OG. I'm a a big fan of the podcast, but stick to baseball. If you're an OG like fan of this show, then you would know we built this thing not talking about baseball the whole first fucking uh season section 10 started and here's a fucking lesson for the people that are pretending to be ogs 2015 was the first season of section 10 we didn't talk about baseball at all that team was so bad the only time we talked about it was like oh the pablo stuff we talked about that a lot and then we just brought people to pete's basement Kirk Minahan goes down there. Fucking like, we didn't talk about baseball. Kirk Minahan. You think we talked about baseball with Kirk Minahan? No, we had Tim Britton down there. We had uh, Jim Murray down there. Uh, pretty sure Jay Stu was down there. There was just like a bunch of people. And we just talked. We had Felger on. We had Maz on. We were talking about just media shit. It was, yeah, like this podcast is a Red Sox podcast, but the backbone of it is non 
baseball related content. It's just that's just the way it is. It's how it's always been. And I will say, if you look at even the last episode where, you know, Brock and Coley and you, we were all having like fun, you know, talking about the marathon or whatever, the amount of people I saw someone say that was one of their favorite episodes of the podcast all time. Yeah. And that yeah, thing no. had like mad likes. And then you look at the guy who commented that, which, you know, yeah. everyone has their opinion. I get it. That did not have anywhere near the likes of the person who was like, oh, this was no. one of the best episodes we've ever had. No, there there. And then he was sending me like iTunes reviews uh, from like last January. Uh, be like, Look at all the people that fucking hate the format and blah, blah, blah. You, I was like, bro, these like reviews are almost a year old. Like, like I was, it was, oh, Karabas, all he does is just flex his connections with the rest. That pisses me off too. Cause it's like, that was during like the Xander Bogart stuff. And it's like, would you rather me hear things and keep that from you? Or would you rather me hear things? And like, that's part of the intrigue of the podcast is that I'm hearing things that are not out there. So I share those things. So yeah, all that to say, fuck off. And I did say, that. I'm not saying I said it to him. I, I think that that was my, I either said fuck off or go fuck yourself was my reply in the DMS. But now I'm saying it on the podcast too. go fuck yourself, San Diego. You want to talk baseball? Let's do it. Yeah. What happened to Bullet? <laughs> he died. <laughs> he died. Yeah, he did. Um, before we uh, before we do that, because I know Jake has been sitting around today, sipping on some. Today feels like Sunday. I'll be honest. I don't know what fucking day it is. Today's apparently Sunday. Um, Jake, can you uh, can you do the world a favor and tell everyone at home about Blue Moon? That would really make me happy. Of course I can, because beer is a tried and true baseball tradition. But Blue Moon was the only beer brewed by baseball. Blue Moon was born in a ballpark, first brewed at Coors Field in Denver, Colorado. Make it your one-of-a-kind baseball tradition, whether you're at the park or watching from home. What happened to Bullet? He died. He died? Yeah. How? He got Oh. Yeah, he got smoked by that car. With its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander, Blue Moon Belgian-style wheat ale is one-of-a-kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full-flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Blue Moon was brewed by baseball to give you a dose of nostalgia and get you excited for the new season. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something one-of-a-kind? It's bold flavor, bright color, and iconic orange slice ritual guarantee a one-of-a-kind beer experience perfect for spring weather. Best served with its signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful bright color. A beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon, but you can enjoy it all season long. Keep baseball traditions alive with Blue Moon Belgian Style Wheat Ale. It's one of a kind every time. Check out shop.bluemoonbrewingcompany.com for baseball merch and visit get.bluemoonbeer.com jared to find Blue Moon delivery options. That's get.bluemoonbeer.com jared. Blue Moon, made brighter. Celebrate responsibly, Blue Moon Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado Ale. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Thank you, Jake. Thank you, Jake. Uh, 
Can we somehow figure out a way to uh, get bullet merch? Like, I want to. Um, I want to. It would have... be. It's going to be dark. No, 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 no. I I want the the graphic that came out for the uh, bullet tribute show, like the the flyer for the concert. That has to be a t shirt. Has to yes. Be. I would be down for that. You could even do tour dates. We, we could, you know, like those concert style t-shirts yes. that, you know, you sell like a Taylor Swift concert or whatever. Yes. Yes. I'm we down. We need that. We need that because, uh, you know, we're being told like, hey, you guys got to push name redacted merch more. And I was like, we we put it out. And I feel like because it's already been released, it's it's hard to be like, here it is again. You know, like, I feel like we need like, it's it's hard to like explain that. Like, all right. To push the name redacted merch, the the show merch, we need another T-shirt. It's almost like you push the second one and then you get the first one out, out of the way too. The two biggest merch ones that at least people have sent to me are Bullet, something Bullet related and the Spare Me. Those are the spare two that and, I and always hear. We've been teasing 162 guy and 162 oh. girl merch for over a year now. That's the number one. Like if you're talking in general, everything those are what people still want because they want the guys and gals version. Yeah. Gals. You said gals? Yeah, that means woman, right? Yeah, if you're like in Texas. Country. Yeah, you're not country though. I I could be country. No. Luke Bryan. (laughs) I met Luke Bryan. Really? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Who's another one? Uh, Luke Combs. Yeah. Meet him? No, I met Aaron Church. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what's the other one? Aldine. Jason Aldine. Mm-hmm. I'm no, old school. What about Alan Jackson? Isn't that the guy from American Idol? No, that's Adam Lambert. <laughs> what? <laughs> Is that who you're referring to? No. Was Adam, Adam Lambert... Lambert on American Idol? Yeah, Adam Lambert won like season three or four, and then he ended up being the lead singer of Queen. Yeah, see, I'm not an American Idol. I was an X Factor guy. Isn't that isn't that the show where they eat bugs? What are you? No, you you talk about Joe Rogan's old show. Yeah, no, X Factor was like One Direction. Demi Lovato was on it. Simon Cowell. Simon Cowell was on American Idol. Then he did X Factor. Oh. Was X Factor only for British people? No, it was for everybody. I think it maybe started there, but then it transferred. I think Fifth Harmony came from there, too. Who the fuck is Fifth Harmony? Oh, you didn't listen to no Fifth Harmony back in the day? No. You don't know bangers, dog. Jake, you know Fifth Harmony? What was their first project? (laughs) (laughs) Hold on, hold on. Camila Cabello was in there. You know who that is. No, I don't. Worth it? Work from home? No. Are you... Give it to me, I'm worth it. Oh, yeah, Baby, yeah. I'm worth it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh, I'm worth it. Yeah, yeah, you can stop now. You didn't like it? It was bad? It was, it was very bad. Yeah, I hated it. Learn ball, kid. Learn ball? Yeah. You don't um, know... You don't know bangers. Bangers. You don't know baggers. I'm Tyler Milliken. I know baggers, kid. 
know what I you sound check like. Out this, you got to check out this new project I was listening to. Why is the project? On, it's got bangers on bangers. Fuck you. When this did project, projects become such an project, exclusive weird term? This project slaps. I love this project. It's got bangers. I, bangers. I, I hate you. When what? I speak about music, is it uh-huh. is a, cre- a project? It, it's a it's a term oh that God. you branch get, an album, get what, or a mixtape, or an to EP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get what you're trying to say. No one I listens to Anthony Fantano around here. The internet's biggest music nerd, Anthony Santander. Close enough. Lost cause. <sighs> Anyways, um. The Red Sox. Yeah. I was right. They split. I think we got like this four game series is like the perfect kind of example of the Red Sox. The 2023 Red Sox. Yeah, they're mid. They they're going to win two and they're going to lose two. If they play a thousand, they'll win a thousand. They'll win 500 and lose 500. That's what this team does. They're just they're mid. It's not even in the way either where it's like, oh, they squeaked it out. It's like, no, the first two games you went in there and you legit shoved your dick down their throat. Like, yeah, you absolutely body that the, the twins, those couple. I days. thought for sure once they tied it four four in the third game, I was like, all right, this is going to be a sweep. Yeah, the third game just to me, like it felt like all the games before the sixth game winning streak, right? Like you had the fourth inning, Yoshida gets the third with one out, can't cash in sixth inning. Two singles to start a Royal. I don't know what the fuck you're doing. Trying to steal second in that moment gets thrown out. And then what? It was Wong and then Kike Cade back to back. Like, and then the seventh inning Verdugo gets thrown out at uh, second, trying to stretch that. It was like the typical issues they were having before where they just couldn't cash in when they needed to. It was frustrating, but I mean, you know, I, I feel like talking to a lot of former players that are now in broadcasting, right? I I can't even tell you how many times I've heard, well, I want to be the voice of the players. Like, I know how hard the game is, so I'm not going to trash them because I know how hard the game is. So when things don't go well, certain situations you don't come through in, there's a misplay here, there's a mental error there, then you're just going to say, well, um, that's baseball. Okay. That is baseball. You're right. Like that does happen. Like there's no team in in history that went an entire season without a single mistake or a single error or uh didn't come through or or came through in every single spot that they were supposed to come through in. Like I get that. But with this team, aren't you kind of tired of highlighting how many times that happens? You get to that point because like you said, you start when the margins feel as thin as they are, right? You hyper-focus on those moments because you're sitting there and you're like, oh, if this thing broke this way, if it broke that way, they'd be they'd be this good or they'd be much better. You know, how many times have we kind of sat here and said, oh, well, if Kike Hernandez was benched maybe earlier, there may be a couple wins better. The reality is they are who they are. They're a team that's going to hover around 500 a little bit better, or a little bit worse, depending on the week. We're going to have times where you score 50 runs in six games and you're like, fuck yeah. And then you're going to also have times where they can't get the big hit where you're sitting there and saying, why can't they produce? Well, the reality is that's kind of where that team is. It's, it's what the Red Sox are. They're not always going to have that hit in them because they're not as talented as the best teams in baseball. They're going to just hover. They're good some days and a little less than good other days. I'm, kind of, I'm going to look it up right now. Like, I want to see 
The Red Sox with runners in scoring position since May 1st. Because we all know in April they were world beaters offensively. Um, all right. Red Sox with runners in scoring. Wow. It's not bad. It's good. Okay. They're hitting 297. That's third best in baseball with an 827 OPS. That's fifth best in baseball. All right. Why does it feel so bad then? It's the ups and downs. They're either amazing or bad. And more often than not, like, you know, you look at it, they are a couple games over 500. And you get, you know, that May area, especially the beginning. That's when things are really riding high for them. And even with a couple losses, we are on the other side of another pretty good winning streak. They are, well, yeah, now they've lost two straight. That's why you can't even fucking enjoy it, right? Like, because it, going into this series, it's, it's what I said when I predicted the sweep or the split. I was like, all right, yeah, the Red Sox are riding a, uh, at the time, what was it, five-game winning streak? And that's nice, but we know they can hit at Fenway. Let's, let's see some offensive production on the road because it, it hasn't been pretty on the road from an offensive standpoint. I think it was 23rd or 24th in baseball uh, in OPS as a road team, and that's not going to get it done. Then they go into the first game of the series, and they fucking blow their doors off. They put up a 10 spot. and. You're thinking to yourself, maybe this run is a little bit different. Maybe this run is different. Okay, if they can start scoring runs on the road, and I know that the Minnesota Twins are not world beaters. Like they had a very, I think they had the same record as you at the time. I, I think a little, a little bit less. They're yeah. right under 500. But you were facing Pablo Lopez. You're not facing trash yeah. by any means. Yeah, you you hit a home run off Sonny Gray when he doesn't give him up like that. It's like okay, all right. Bailey Obers had a good year. Yeah. Like we're we're seeing things that are a little bit different than what we expected coming in. But then, you know, you have I, I don't even know if I can say his name, Tyler. I don't even know if I can say his name because I, I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to get yelled at. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But it, while yeah, while I, I as much as I want to crap on him, not blaming it on him. You had your chances and. One of the guys that I think kind of felt it after the game that Cora didn't mind talking about after the game today, Rafael Devers. He had mm-hmm. a chance in the top of the 10th inning. He mm-hmm. didn't come through. Didn't come through a lot in this series. Mm-hmm. A lot of tough at bats once again. Mm-hmm. I think the third game, he had that RBI double in the first inning that he smoked. Mm. But Devers was shitting all over himself after today's game, just saying, I'm not doing what I need to do for this team and taking no, accountability for it. Thank God. Um... No, I think uh, it's to kind of revisit a conversation that we probably had about two weeks ago at this point um, about whether or not you are concerned, concerned about Rafael Devers. So let's see. Let's go to April 12th on April 12th. No, because then. All right. Let's go to April 15th. The Angels series. The Angels series. He still had an OPS over a thousand. He hasn't been over a thousand clearly since then. So April sixteenth, we're gonna punch in some numbers here because the the fastball has been the problem, right? I got the numbers if you want to hear them. Dating back to when? The start of May. Start of May. Where the fuck did you get those from? The Globe had some of them, and then I've also I, I went into Fangraphs and I started playing around. If you look since May first, Devers has been a below league average hitter still. Ninety eight weighted runs created plus. 
Mm. If you look at what he's done against fastball since the start of May, four seamers, nine for 52 with 19 strikeouts and one homer. Gross. And like what he was kind of saying after the game and Cora was explaining it as well. He feels like he's getting pitched to differently for the first time in his entire career. He's like, I'm not used to seeing so many pitches outside the zone. It's a little different for me. And and it seems like that's having an issue with his timing where he's sitting there and looking for certain pitches. And he's like, I don't get them. And then I get caught in the middle. And before I know what I'm sitting breaking, they throw a fastball. I'm late catching up to it. And that's why you see me pop up or that's why you see me roll over again and again. So. Since. What did I set the data since April 16th? Since April 16th, Rafael Devers is hitting 229 with a 723 OPS. Now, if you throw in over that span, um, what is he hitting against fastballs? 191 with a 664 OPS. 191. And we know Rafi has gone through this. We all remember what the Houston series about a year ago, yeah. right? Where they basically said, you know, try to hit the fastball. And he got dicked down by the fastball for that entire series in Houston. Then he figured it out. The question is, why can't he make the adjustment this year? I think we see it for a game or two where it's like, oh, crap. He hit two homers against San Diego. He just took Garrett Cole the other way. And we're all sitting there. Whoa, holy shit. You're just not getting it for prolonged stretches. Like the guy is tied for the MLB lead in RBI still at 58. Mm -hmm. He's near the top in homers. So it's not like he's horrendous or he sucks or anything like that. I think you even look at like the metrics. Look at baseball savant. His page is almost identical to what it was last year. And there's some bad luck involved. I think you look at the batting average on balls and play this year for him. It's 247 for a guy who hits the ball as hard as he does. That's just bad luck. There's really no other way to frame it. He usually sits at 313 for his career. It was 329 last year, 307 in 2021, 325 in 2020, 339 in 2019. So really, if you're talking about the Rafael Devers we know and love, the guy that we've seen kind of develop into one of the better hitters in baseball, he's been about 50 points unlucky. So the number should be picked up overall. I think it's more just you need the consistency with the bat at this point. Mm. Yeah. It's very concerning. Uh, it's very concerning that they don't seem to have an answer. Um, that's what's concerning. To, uh, who is it? It's Devers. I, I think well, he's that's what I'm a- saying. Like, I, I, like, I'm not concerned about the ability. I'm not concerned about the player's motivation, uh, willingness or desire to come out of it. I think what's concerning is that it's it's almost July and this is still this is still happening um like that's it's kind of like once you get to the second half and you're like oh this is this is not even close to your prototypical Rafael Dever season that's when you start <clears throat> to uh, the thoughts creep in of is this is this season going to be a wash for him and if it is it's year 1 of of the mega deal so not to say that it's going to be a trend moving forward, but if you're going to have the worst season of your career, I would say that uh, year one of the of the big deal is is probably not the the best time to have it. Because you know what the narratives are going to be, right? Like yeah. it's going to quickly become this guy wasn't worth the money. This guy isn't a superstar. And I, listen, I'm not buying any of that. I think you're just unfortunately watching and 
I think Ortiz kind of talked about that on Baseball is Dead. Listen, fantastic interview, by the way. Um, hey, thanks. Of course. But just talking about the growing pains of a young player, everything that's on his shoulders, trying to become that guy this year. I think there's as many things that are on the field. And for the first time, like you're hearing Cora talk about Xander not having or Devers not having Xander and JD. These guys that he leaned on that he kind of used to not only help him and protect him in the lineup a little bit, but work his feedback. And this lineup has been producing. It's not like it hasn't, but the way Pete Fozzi kind of phrased it was when opposing teams are looking at this lineup right now, they're all circling Rafael Devers. That's the name they're circling and they're all planning and looking at. He needs to make the adjustment. He needs to kind of realize they're pitching him differently and how he's going to go about it. Mm. And that's something, listen, young players go through these kind of things. It's just, this is where you kind of run into it when there's so much pressure on him to kind of lift this team up to another tier. Can you make them better than this mediocre to better product? And so far, he hasn't been able to do that. He hasn't been able to take them to that next height for a prolonged stretch. Jake, where are you at on the Devers concern level? One to 10, 10 being uh, super panicked. Probably at like a three or a four. I think Tyler was right when he said like, you see it for stretches. He'll have two or three games where he hits three or four home runs. Like, I mean, he's proven more than enough that he's an elite hitter in Major League Baseball. So I think probably sooner or later he's going to come around. That's pretty much where I'm at. Like after um, he had the stretch of what, three homers in four or five games there, hit the two against, uh, was that the Rockies? A two homer game. Um, that's when I thought we would start to see him get red hot. I feel like it's like, you know, you have these games at Fenway, weather starts to heat up, Rafi starts to heat up. Plenty of guys have said that too. That hey, once the weather starts to heat up, I'm gonna I'm gonna heat up too. Well, it's pretty fucking hot in Minnesota. Where the where the fuck were the homers at? You know, so uh, again, it like I, I it's so hard for me to get worked up about wins and losses right now when it's just another year of there's injuries and, oh, let's see what we have with this guy. Like, they're not all in, you know? Like, I, I think that's that's what that's a good thing in the grand scheme of things for this show and our transparency. I can't sit here and tell you that I'm – the most emotionally invested that I've ever been in a fucking baseball team with this Red Sox team. I'm not, I'm not. And and I don't blame you if you're not either. Like they're not all in. Why, why should we be? I'm watching the games. I'm watching all the games. I'm keeping up with it. And, but it's just very hard to be like, Oh man, you know, the Red Sox, they, they were starting to get hot there. And, and, you know, then they ended up splitting the series and it's, you know, they're up, they're down, they're up, they're down. But no matter where they go, whatever end of the spectrum that they end up in, they're never too far from 500, which is what the fuck they've been all year to this point. Like, I don't know what it would take because we've now had two winning streaks of six plus this year. And it's almost like no matter, it's like being in a dream. Like, you know how well, like sometimes you like you're, you're in a dream and you're like sprinting, but like you're just not going anywhere. That's how the season feels at points where they'll fucking win eight straight. They'll win six straight. Man, we're like still a 500 fucking team. It, it, that's just what it feels like to me. And then you, you, you know, you couple it with the fact that you're in the best division in baseball and 
all these teams are incredible and that's what you're up against. You you're basically banking on the wheels falling off for one of these excellent baseball teams. These teams are built so that that doesn't happen. And that's what you need to happen to enter the playoff conversation. You need the wheels to fall off while you're also playing 600, 650 ball just to get in the fucking conversation. So is it impossible? No, it's not. Like, I think that the Toronto Blue Jays are a team that that could happen to them. They've had uh, underperformances across the board. I think Vladdy Jr., has he hit a home run at home yet? Just one? It's crazy. He's not, he's barely been better than a league average hitter this year. He's kind yeah. of living in Rafi Dever, yes. Raphael Devers territory. But yes. I think at the same time, you can sit there and say, all right, I can look at the Jades and see them having a month where they just go. They have a Blue Jays month where everything clicks, they get hot in, mm-hmm. they do it. I think with the Red Sox, you say, you can probably put a week together like that, but are you ever going to put together four weeks like that? Probably I not. mean, I don't know that that's true, though. I mean, I don't think that we thought that about the team last year in June they, when they took off. Like, I don't think that we saw that coming. Where I, I don't, What stretch this, was that? Yeah, no, that like was leading up to June ball. 28th. Like yeah. we, the Guardian series, all that. But I think that's where you sit here and you say, all right, the injuries are starting to really pile up. And you brought that up a couple minutes ago. Lou and uh, Will brought it up on the radio broadcast and it was a great conversation. There are some similarities. It's starting to feel like to right around this time a year ago, Pablo Reyes has an abdominal strain. Now that was the guy that kind of solidified your defense. And the Red Sox last year at this point, were in a much better place than you are right now. When the injuries started to pile up and they were taken in water in a American league, that is not as good as it is this year. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You're playing in an even better American league. So that's where like, Pablo Reyes comes out of today's game again. Reese McGuire, who, you know, I'm not crying over, but that's another guy. You lose. John Schreiber, 60-day IL. That guy, like, you're at least not seeing him to the middle of July. Yu Chang, shut down again. He's still sitting. He's probably not going to be back for They moved him to the 60-day, right? Yeah, but that one's not that big. He was already at 58 days, so it it doesn't change the calculation that much. Mm -hmm. Um, More of just a roster move, but that's where you are. Chris Sale, like, you can sit and hope, but, you know, August, September... Tanner Houck's out for a month. You're watching it right now. And I think this is kind of what I was hinting at last episode. There's a real problem filling this rotation spot because they don't have anyone. They, they have cut their depth. And some of that you hold on bloom for Corey Kluber, Corey Kluber being worthless. Now he's on the IL as well. You know, phantom IL. That's a starter. You know, if he was just anything 450, give me a four or five, just be a starting pitcher in baseball. You're like, all right, we can fill this hole. Can't have that. Nick Pavetta in the bullpen. They don't want to move him. Don't blame him. 220 ERA since he moved there. Mm-hmm. That's where you're like, all right, now every fifth day is going to be a bullpen game. What happens if one more guy goes down? <laughs> that's how thin the margin is. And, and that's why it's, it's hard to ever feel comfortable. And you're always one bad week from radio saying everyone should be fired. And you're one good week like this past week was where everyone's like, Bloom's going to keep his job. Like, they figured it out. They're going to be okay. It's just going to depend on which way it sways. You just got to be scared the wheels don't fall off because it can easily happen with this team. The fucking clue bot, man. He, he has given up 12 earned runs in his last 10 and a third on 21 hits. Holy fucking shit, dude. Worst pitcher I've ever seen at this his, point in his career. His last four appearances for the Red Sox 
And that's with a scoreless uh, two-inning performance. Um, four games, 10 and a third innings, 21 hits. Opponents were hitting 420 with a 1373 OPS against this guy. Fucking crazy. They had to do it. They had to do it. And I'll give Steve credit. He had a funny tweet about it. Steve is funny like once it like twice a year. And he had a funny tweet about it. Um, it was something to the effect of like, like how, how do you think that conversation went? Like, oh, shoulder information sound, inflammation sound good to you? Yep. Okay. All right. Sounds good. And like, that's probably what the conversation was. Like that. I, if I were a fly on the wall, that's probably how it went down. Shoulder inflammation. What do you want to do? Hamstring? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. You suck. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, can't say oh, that. Oh, Jesus. I can't say that. I can't say that. Can't cut say it, that. Jake. Cut it, please. Yeah, cut, bleep that, please. Bleep the word that I just said, Jake, please. Suck on it. Alex, come on. <laughs> if I, Listen, he's seen it too. If I can't say it, you can't say it. When you're up there in Byron Buxton, Royce Lewis, and Max Kepler, like the game was over. The game so Max Kepler, Max Kepler is hitting like fucking 190 like a six-something OPS, and he hits homers in back-to-back games against the Red Sox. Pain. But that is the 2023 Red Sox for you. It, they got to the point, and it says about where they are. They are so thin pitching-wise, and they still said, dude, just get the fuck away from us. Like, we don't care how thin we are. We don't care that we have friggin' Brandon Walter coming up. We have Justin Garza serving as an opener, a guy that wasn't even on our team to start the year, and we're going to mix and match. Get the fuck away. Because Imagine how bad you have to be to, to be told to like we're gonna fake an injury so you can't pitch when they need pitching badly <laughs> like that's how bad it is in you know what is he gonna go figure out there's nothing to figure out he blows he, sucks. he has to and, figure like, out what retirement home he's gonna move into because he is done toast i've never seen someone work as hard as cora had to to say something like positive like can you find the redeeming quality out of these kluber outings what can you build on he sat there he ponders for a second looks up he goes well, if you notice in a lot of these outings, he doesn't give up a run in the first inning. Usually the first inning, he's able to get through it without any damage. But then this couple innings after that, he gets teed off on. That's not a fucking injury. That he means you're throwing slop. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I, 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 it's, a, it's what I said before. The last time, I think, what was it? The seven earned runs against fucking whoever it was. I was like, I just feel bad. I feel bad. He seems it's, it would be different if he was like a cocky, douchey. Fight. No, he's a nice guy. I mean, I don't even know if he's a nice guy, if, to be honest. With you. I just hey. know he's friends with Ploiecki and I love Ploiecki. So it, for me to, you know, be tweeting, like, get this guy off my team when I know that he's buddies with someone that I'm friends with, like, that's how bad you have to be. But I don't know. Like, It's just what are you supposed to say? What like what are you supposed to say about that? Like those numbers are horrendous. His ERA for the entire season is over seven. Like we're not talking about like, oh, like, you know, yeah, you highlighted four games. Okay. He appeared in 15 games and opponents hit 297 with a 969 OPS against him for the entire year. For those 15 games that he appeared in, and it's a mix of nine starts and six relief appearances. Like the league as a whole 
put up potential MVP-type numbers against Corey Kluber when he pitched. The Red Sox handlers were tied. All you need to know is that they faked an injury to get him off the roster when they were down Chris Sale. They were down Tanner Houck. It's like, we, we need arms any way we can get them, but not yours. <laughs> like, <laughs> not you. It's, it's like it's like when uh it's like when like girls will put up like the messages being like oh I'm so sad and lonely and like no one wants to take me out on a date and then like a dude will slide in the DMs and be like hey baby girl love to take you to dinner sometime no not you not you not you that's that's Corey Kluber it's like we need arms badly not you I'd be I'm I, like to Bill Burr's point we'll get to Bill Burr in a second. Wasn't he like he was saying like can't we just like get someone out of the crowd to pitch? I think that the be Red better. Sox would be yeah yes yes the Red Sox would be in a better position if they got fucking uh, Joey Cahuzzi out of the out of the stands to come in there and throw the last two innings of that baseball game. He probably would have done a better job than than Corey Kluber. To have a seven oh four ERA and somehow your FIP is worse than that. H- how do you how do you get along? Like I, listen, Bobby Delbeck, what he's doing in AAA is incredible. Mm-hmm. Tell me Bobby D can't get in that fucking bullpen and give you more right now. He can. He'd give you plenty more, plenty yes. better velocity, better stuff, just mm-hmm. better energy. And like, I think with Kluber, the tough part for them is like, it's clear in the clubhouse, like what he's doing with Garrow at lock. These guys are speaking out about the impact he has. He's a great guy. This feels very like the Will Myers situation where in, you know, Will Myers was actually going through a medical condition. Don't get me wrong. But by the time he comes off the IL, they should be healthier. They're probably going to have young arms. Some of them take a step forward. They're going to just tell them to kick rocks. This is a way where you can kind of very, you know, grease it, grease the road, whatever the saying is, and just, hey, we're going to let you go away in a couple weeks, maybe even a month. We're going to say it's time when, when we need to clear a roster spot and we get to that point, we're going to kick you to the curb. Mm-hmm. And that's what it's going to be. And, you know, may, maybe they let them come back and throw another inning before they send them to, you know, the pits Why? of hell. Why? I wouldn't, but you know, maybe out of the kindness of their heart, because they seem very giving to him. But I think this is just the end. It's the end of the road for him. There's really no other way to frame it, and we said it a million times at this point. I don't. I I just don't get it. I don't like. Yes, like there's the Cy Youngs. Maybe he's a nice guy. I'm sure he is. But the Red Sox don't owe him anything outside of ten million fucking dollars that they should have just. I mean, they could have shoved that up their asses. $10 million. They could have just been like, hey, guys, we're doing a live stream on Tuesday. We're going to take $10 million cash out of the bank and we're going to shove it up all of our asses on a live stream. And it would have it would have been more entertaining than anything that Corey Kluber had to do this season. It's a hard pill to swallow when you say, well, what could have been, you know, you take $10 million from Kluber and you take $10 million from Kike. You know, not to be mean, obviously played a part in putting this team together, but two guys that and I think there was a statement today by the Red Sox as well with Kike not being, uh, you know, originally in that lineup to start mm-hmm. the day before Pablo Reyes came out. They were going to just let David Hamilton and Pablo Reyes go do their thing because Kike's not hitting. He's not offering you anything defensively. That inning with Garrett Whitlock as well, like that second inning was not pretty where he jumps the opposite way on a ball coming towards him. It ends up going through, then has a ball deflect off of him that lets Royce Lewis score all the way from first base. It's like you get to that point, it's just getting you nowhere. But that's that's where they are right now. And there's not much room. And I think that's what people got to realize when it comes to the trade deadline as well. Unless you're getting a piece here that's going to be a long term kind of fit, uh, you know, the Dylan Ceases of the world or whatever. 
it's going to be very hard to make significant improvements to this team because they're not going over. And that's, you know, circling back to Lou, Lou's like, I think you need to make a move right now. Like, are you going to, the conversations we had a year ago saying like, they had to go do something at first base, go get some help. You, you may need an arm. Like if you want to survive this, do you want them to make a move like that? Because realistically, I, I don't think that's really an option for them. I think um, their view on this team, they're not going to be willing to do that. I don't know what my confidence level would be in it, but I'm almost more intrigued to like just be like, get fucking Shane Drohan up here. I, I saw some people floating that and it's like, He's not Brian Bayo. The, the, the idea. No, of I don't expect him to be Brian Bayo, but like he he can be so, he can be somebody. I don't know. Like I'm not expecting greatness, but is he is he better than what we saw today? Fucking I, I, Garza and Walters. It's like you, you throw these guys out there, and I mean Maz was talking about this, and I know that like Maz is taking a lot of heat right now because he's a negative Nancy. Didn't he? Did he have some like outrageous takes the other night? I saw it on like the Red Sox Reddit. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't hear him. No, I think it was Wednesday night show. This is what happens when I can't fucking go on the show. He just goes on there and talks nonsense. He said some. I think he was like just throwing outlandish shit out there, like speculating about things. But man, I don't know. He, I mean, he talks to people too. Like he, he. Uh, I don't know how plugged in he is now that he's not on the beat anymore. But I know that he still talks to people over there. So, um, but yeah, he was floating some shit and. I was listening on the way back from the airport tonight and he was just going off about the whole concept of the opener and like, it's bad for the fans. Like it's a bad product. Like you, you, you look at the slate and you're just like, Oh, the Red Sox are throwing a fucking middle reliever out there to start the game. And, uh, this and that. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of hard to disagree with, but you know, Tanner Hogg <laughs> did take a liner off the yeah. face and Chris it, sales shoulder. Like, yeah, I understand but, some people but, being like, oh, you know, I, that's not good for the fan or whatever. That's baseball. Like people use it, openers. It is. And it isn't like it, it wasn't that way until like the last five years. Like, no. I think in a in a I don't want to say in a perfect world, but traditionally uh, a guy like Drohan would get a look at, uh, in a spot start in that series finale against the twins instead of going with an opener. That's a middle fucking reliever. Like, I don't know. What would you rather see? No, from an entertainment standpoint, I get it, right? Like, oh, you, you let's just throw out the young kid or any of them. You could say, hey, just start Brandon Walter, right? Like, that's a guy he had hype coming into this year and made a jump, saw his stock kind of climb. It hasn't gone that way for him. But what they did today was still basically that. It was more just playing the matchups to hopefully give someone like a Brandon Walter a better chance at having a good day. Like, Walter's been getting smashed by righties down in AAA, so they put Garza in there. Hopefully, you can get us through an inning here, and then we'll let Walter go four or five. It's going to be a lefty-heavy lineup, and he can kind of carve and get in there, right? Like, that's what you're hoping for. And I think Brandon Walter went in. He was good. I think part of the reason he was good was they had a lineup slated that worked to his strengths. But that's where you are for a team in expectations. This is what it comes down to. That's the whole point of the opener. Yeah, when you talk expectations for a team and where they are right now, like this is the stuff you say or you see on a perfect world when you enter the year. No, you don't want an opener every single fifth day. But for a middling team that isn't really planning to compete, they may tell you that. But look at their actions. Look at how they handle the luxury tax. It th- That's not what it is. It's about development. And that's still the focus for a lot of them. And that's what they're going to continue to build. I think that's just one of the hard pills to swallow in a year like this. This is what it is. Are they so are they just going to go with a fucking opener until Hauk is healthy enough to come back? 
Yeah, so basically they sent Walter down today. They recalled Chris Murphy. And I like so, Murphy. I like Murphy. Yeah, six shutout innings to start his big league career. They're Give just going to have to find someone to partner. Give me Murph. Give me Murph. I'll Murph you. Feed me Murph. It, it's just they got to figure out who they're going to pair with him. Jake Book Murph. <laughs> we could probably get him on the podcast. He he's he's a he's a nice kid. I think overall with him, like I, I thought Walter was pretty good today. I, I didn't think Walter was that bad. I, I'd consider them the same tier. I think Murphy might have a little bit better stuff, but if you give me Walter and two inning bursts with that delivery, yeah, there's something there. There wasn't a lot of hard contacts, six and two thirds, six hits, three earned runs, two walks, yeah. three Ks. He's gonna or, be full, oh, nice three walks, two plot. Ks. Yeah, that's what it is. And he's working on something new. He's added a cutter. He'd even start throwing this cutter until mid-May this year. And it's completely kind of changed his arsenal right now. He was a 55% sinker guy before that. Uh, shout and out to Ian Kundal, who had a lot of this all broken down. Shout out to Sox Prospects. Fucking A1 Red Sox podcast and website, by the way. I Grew just respect, I respect the hell out of the fact that it looks exactly the same as it did when I was in high school. Just before fucking going to... It's like, oh, wait, I have a, I have a free period this period, so I'm going to check out Sox prospects, see who's in the top ten, see if it moved around today. Um, but for whatever the line was today for Walter, I never look at a guy's big league debut or you know if his next appearance is at Fenway. I'm not going to take too much out of that. Like people, it's such a common argument to make, but it is true. People don't factor in the human element at all ever. Ever like if you if you're just if if the only exposure that you get to professional athletes is turning on your television and it's like they just they they dance for you at night and then you turn the TV off and then you resume your life that it's just like watching a TV show to you you're more often than not you're not going to factor in the human element he had his family there it's his big league debut these kids work their whole fucking life to get to the big leagues some of them and uh you know, even even like even someone like fucking stupid ass Caleb Ort, like a dude that what went undrafted and he had to you, you, everyone has their path. And then you get to the big leagues and um, the human element there is I'm sure. What did he go? Uh, did he walk the first batter that he faced? Um, I know he went three, no, two. It was the single double and then a walk. Right. OK, so he he started off. Oh, two, though. And then it went three, two. And then gave up a base hit to the right side. Yeah, I believe that's. I was at work something during like the that. game, so I was keeping an eye on both. Uh, something like that. But yeah, I mean, I just, I cannot, if it's shaky, you have to factor in like big league debut. When he pitches at Fenway, if you don't love the results, it's first time pitching at Fenway. Like, that's a big deal. You psych yourself up for that. You you imagine it in your head over and over and over again. What is this going to look like? What's this going to sound like? What's it going to feel like? Um, so yeah, but. They need all the help that they can get. It's 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 shaping up to be one of those years again where by the time we get to August, we're getting to who the fuck is that territory? And uh was it Joe Murray on with Mass Night? Yeah, he was like, I think it was him that made the point. We're, we could be in a position in September where it's like 2020 again, where they're just dragging guys off the street and be like, hey, do you want to pitch for the Boston Red Sox? That happened. <laughs> Yeah, that happened. I, I don't think we're going to get to that point. I, depth, I think that's a the little depth dramatic. is getting a little, little thin. It, wouldn't it, you agree? Yeah. See, you're definitely pushing it and you look at all the injuries they've had, right? Like when you always say entering the year, people were like, 
dude, how many starters? Like, you're golden. There's no way you're going to get to the bottom of that barrel. Yeah, you got nine starters for five spots. Every fucking time you say that, you get to the bottom. Mm -hmm. With the Dodgers all those years, with the Rays, it's always like, eventually they get to the point where they're fucking making it out of nothing, and you have openers pushing by. Look at what you had. Look at what you started the season with. It was fucking Corey Kluber, Chris Sale, like all the James Paxton, who fucking knock on wood has been a godsend for this team. James Paxton, who had the column? Was it Catillo or Alex Spear? It was someone that was talking about James Paxton and how intriguing of a piece he's going to be come trade deadline time because teams are going to want him. You're going to have to decide uh, come deadline time. Are we going to trade this guy? And if we don't, you got to extend him. Bring him back. Fucking keep him here. That's the decision. And I think you think about what you watched today. Joe Ryan, who came from a two-month rental for Nelson Cruz, right? Mm. Like, all-time heist right there. James Paxson, no offense to Nelson Cruz. You know, Nelson Cruz was already teetering on hooked at that point. James Paxson is friggin' worth $4 million this year. Total. And he's pitching as well enough where you would feel fine if he started a playoff game for you. You mm-hmm. wouldn't think twice about it if you're a team that's scared money-wise or financials. That he's arguably going to be one of the best chips on the entire market. Ken Rosenthal's talked about it. Um, and it, it was Spear who put out the piece, but uh, Catillo talked about it on Fenway Rundown and they were all going off. That guy is worth so much and they're going to have to make a decision here. And this is where you start walking down this pathway, Jared, where we know there's friction between Bloom and Cora to some degree at this point. If, you know, and this week things teetered in the direction where like, all right, it, it's coming around and you're where you need to be. If you go into a deadline and you tell Cora, hey, we're trading Paxton, like Paxton's got to go. What happens there for a guy who's been upset with the last couple of trade deadlines? That's That's a question. It's a hard sell to that guy who may be Mm -hmm. barely holding on to this thing as we go. Do you say, well, if we're not going to trade him, can we do what we did with Evaldi and JD again? Like that that blew up in our face in, in such a big way. And, you know, that's not even considering the luxury tax purposes. It's just what they're worth. But James Paxton, do you try to extend him and say, all right, well, we're going to give him a two or three year deal here. You know, we, we tried to set up the two years, 32 going into this year. He just was never healthy enough to pitch last year for us to consider it. So do we extend him in that way? We can justify to ourselves him staying here. Without, you know, being like, well, we're clinging to what? Trying to pretend at 81 to 84, maybe even 85 wins, you're going to go somewhere this season. You know, you might you might be in it the last week, right? And who knows? Anything can happen at that point. But that kind of asset, you can't just end up letting him walk for nothing. I'm even looking at it from the perspective of can you bank on him being this again next year? And, <laughs> Which is such a hard sell. Yeah. Like uh, the more I think about it, because I, I would hate to trade him knowing that that means you're waving the white flag in July. It's like a that's big next white month. flag. That's next month. Like, but. Do I want to fucking punt the rest of the season next month? No, I don't want to do that. But from a baseball, like if I was an executive, I'm taking a long, hard look at this. How old is Paxton? 35? 34. He'll be 35 next year. Okay. So age 34 season. Age 34 season. You're bringing him back for age 35 season. And and that's not to say that he can't be good next year, but are you going to be good next year? Like, is that worth it? That's their plan to compete, to be over the luxury tax. As they fucking should be because they're under it this year. But I don't know, man. Like we've we've had this conversation about the free agent market and the starting pitchers that are out there going into next year. 
I don't think that there's a franchise altering arm out there that you can bring in and be like, now we go. Like when well, I know it's a it's such a cliche reference to make, but when they got Kurt Schilling, we were like, fuck yeah, dude. Like we're going back. Like not only are we going back to the ALCS, but we know we're going to the World Series, and this guy's gonna win us a championship because he's been there, he's done that, he's a big game pitcher, and we're taking him and we're combining him with fucking Pedro Martinez. Like, yeah. We're we're going for it. That was the vibe. I don't think that, that like you know. I'm not saying that there's a is there a Kurt Schilling out there? Of course not. But is there a guy that makes you feel that way on the free agent market where it's like you pay that guy X amount of dollars and then when he shows up, you're like surprise, motherfucker! The Red Sox are back. Like no, no. Like, Otani's the only guy, and and then it's just, be, I'm not even realistic. putting that thought in that in my head. Like it's just not happening. Like I, I no part of my being thinks that that's going to happen. I'm not stupid enough to think that. And call me crazy, Tyler. I don't know that I would do it either. If I'm the Red Sox, how much longer can he keep it up? And, and that's where you start to play this game. And I yeah. think that's a question a lot of people are scared to say publicly, but that's the reality of it. We, there's no precedent for a guy like him and how long he'll last. And especially and, and you know, people, people will hear this and be like, oh, you're uh, you're that, oh, that's just you coping because you're never going to get him. So, of course, you're just going to talk bad. I'm not talking bad about the guy. I'm asking a realistic question. He's had his injuries before. I'm not saying he's injury prone, but I'm just saying it has the precedent has been set in the past that he's gotten hurt and not been able to do both when he's a free agent. Whoever signs him, they're paying him to do both for like the next decade every year of that however double digit year contract it ends up being like you're paying him to do both every year do i think if if you sign shohei otani to a 10-year deal for a fucking 600 million dollars that he's gonna pitch and hit in all 10 of those years no there will come a point where he's gonna have to pick one because what 35 year old guy is gonna be able to do that yeah maybe maybe and it's not even that maybe it's just like he physically can't like it's not even like oh i'm not doing one well it's like i physically can't do both um so yeah, like it's it, like for, as a baseball fan, I'm going to take a step back and it's going to be fascinating to me. It's going to be intriguing to me to watch it play out. How much does he get? Where does he go? Does he win a championship? Does he pitch into the postseason? Does that team try and imit, uh, limit his innings a little bit to, to, to prevent that wear and tear over the life of a $600 million investment that you just made in this player? Like that's going to be fascinating to me. I just don't want that to play out here. Like, I, I, I know it sounds crazy. People, oh, no, is signing Shohei Otani actually bad? Like, no, I don't, I don't think that uh, he, he makes your team significantly better. I just don't want to be the team that ruins him. I, I, I want to appreciate him from afar. I do. I, I don't know it, if that's a crazy take. And the reality is just the way they are building this thing out is not in that structure, right? Like, nothing they have done points to them wanting to dish out money like that. And when we look at this offseason... There's multiple holes. You got you're Dude, where the so- fucking angels. We're the angels without the bloated payroll. Like if if show not Otani, nice weather, you're gonna go play in the cold for you know yeah. a decent portion of the year. Otani comes here and you're just the angels. You're just like, man, if only he could be on a really good team so we could see him win a championship. Like the Red Sox are not a Shohei Otani away from a championship. They're just not. They're not. And that's where they're gonna have to make some decisions here. And that's why I can see them saying, All right, like, you know, we're taking steps forward. Can we get another young anchor? Can we get another young piece here that gets us to where we need to go? And then you're opening more opportunities like for younger arms. Maybe at that point, like five weeks from now, if Shane Drohan can go on a run. Then you're having that conversation. Maybe you're willing to say, fuck it. Let's just let him pitch the last two months of the year and let it play out. I, I can see them saying in a month like, hey, we've gotten through, you know, the starting rotation has pitched very well 
for over a month now. There, there's no disputing that. Um, going into yesterday, they were since May 17th, they had the best starter ERA in all of baseball. Mm. That's wild. Like when you sit there, second best fit. So it's not luck. You know, they're not just getting by here. Now, Chris Sale was around for a portion of that, but a lot of it's been, you know, James Paxson, Brian Bayo, Garrett Whitlock doing the damn thing out there. Um, at this point for them right now, they could say, well, we're going to get through the next month. By the time the trade deadlines here, Tanner Houck's back. Maybe they say, all right, well, Chris Sale is maybe a little farther down the line. That's where you talk about and you see this thing kind of the wheels coming off a little bit. But it, it still feels like a very hard sell to me to hold on to someone like James Paxson. That, yeah. If that's the guy you're clinging to and kind of building around, like yeah. you're going to still need more. You still need a lot more. And that's another guy that, you know, next year, who knows? Who knows? Like you might get this year and then it's kind of back to being you know, a hundred innings and he has an injury every single season that keeps him out for a couple months. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we're all scared. Been, he's going to get hurt any day now. Yeah, correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a tough call because like I said, trading Paxton means that you're waving the white flag. He's your best starting pitcher right now. You're waving the white flag if you trade Paxton, but that's kind of the best move for this team because if the goal all along was to have development opportunities for guys like Whitlock, Tanner Houck, Jaron Duran, Cutter Crawford. Guess what? You're still doing that. You're still doing that. Show goes on. If it's if it's a development year, the show goes on. You are still doing that. But if you trade James Paxton, and there's a team out there that feels like they're James Paxton away from edging out like Cincinnati Reds, right? What if the Reds are like, hey, fuck. I mean, we have, we feel like we have a great rotation. Cheap. We've had some, we've had some injuries. He's very inexpensive. We're a cheap organization. Uh, we feel like our younger arms could benefit from pitching alongside this guy that's been in the league for a long time. Next thing you know, you end up with a prospect that maybe you should have never had your hands on in the first place. I don't know. And, and that's what you hold on to. Like, if you can get something like a Joe Ryan from a team that's desperate, you got to pull the trigger. You don't have a choice because you need that depth at this point. Um, like, that's the stuff holding you in. As I tell you, don't listen to their words. Watch their actions. What happened to Tristan Casas being benched? What happened to Justin Turner getting a lot more starts at first base? Mm. Uh, no, it was nothing because they know the reality of it. Obviously, and you know, Tristan Casas has been hitting for some time. Shout out to you for your tweet on the Twitter discourse. Holy shit. Shut the fuck up. If you're sitting here and you're clowning on Tristan Casas right now, like you're not watching the games. You're not. There's no way. If if you're watching the games, you're seeing what the guy's doing. He's been hitting for some time. In June, he's been slamming the ball. It's not just hitting. They're playing him because they realize, oh shit, he needs to develop. And he's turning the corner more and more every day. He's becoming the player they want him to become. Mm-hmm. It's what this year is about. Yeah, a team like the Reds who has prospect depth that they could say, you know what? Things are clicking for us. We're excited. Look at our fans. We'll throw you a little something just to get this deal done. I, I think I that's the stuff you jump on. I think it could be him. I think maybe one of Kenley or Martin, they could go and say, all right, we'll flip that one too. But I, I still think that is the most likely direction for this team. Just sitting still in general, I, I would be very concerned because I still think based on health and way things are playing and the team's getting thinner as time goes, you're asking for trouble. This was the tweet. I was just chilling in the lobby yesterday. Um, now, can I ask, did my tweet spark this? 
because there was a horrendous discourse under my tweet. Yes. The- so um, let me pull up the message here. Uh, you know, you know, Justin MLB on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good fall. Good dude. Good fall on Twitter. And I tweeted out what I said. And then he reached out and apologized because he thought that it was his tweet that made me tweet that. And I said, no, honestly, I was talking about replies to stuff. Tyler was tweeting about the interview and people were complaining about him saying his home run was the dagger. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? It Take him down, Casas. Yeah. Uh, it was when actually we should play that that interview because it was fucking it. great. You have it? Yeah, uh, I got it on my Twitter page. I'll DM it to you. But it, it was one of those things. And, you know, to kind of play off of that, there was people underneath saying like, oh, this this cocky dude, this guy. Who does oh, he think is. he is? I got, you it. got it. Yeah. Well, Tristan, you guys on a five game win streak now take the first one of this road trip so far and this series. How does it feel like or does it feel like you guys are beginning to build some momentum, especially with the way that you guys have been winning a lot of these games during the streak? Yeah, definitely. I didn't feel like at any point of the game we were out of this out of this ball game, even after the three home run, uh, three run home run. Uh, Pax gave up. He was just giving us a really good chance to win. I don't even think besides that, that inning, he let up anybody go to second base. So, uh, you know, kudos to him filling up the zone, giving us a chance to, to play defense behind him. And the bass came through. Uh, Doogie came up with a th- big three run triple right there to give us the lead. And then, uh, you know, he hung a change up. Uh, you know, and I put the dagger in the game, but uh, overall it was a really good game, but it feels good. It feels good uh, overall to, to get there's, this. There's a lot more to that. The defense like, thing, oh, like, I was yeah. feeling it. Uh, to yeah. get this win streak going and, and, and kick off the road, road trip uh, with a W. Yeah, let's talk about that dagger. Your eighth home run of the year in the seventh. How are you setting him up because he threw you nothing but change-ups? Uh, I, I hadn't been getting anything but off speed in, uh, up, up to that point in the game. So um, literally, they don't know that I have uh, change up bat speed. So oh. I think, uh, you know, I finally I, I finally kept one fair, um, you know, he, and he finally hung one because they were making really good pitches. Pablo was making really good pitches to me. But, um, yeah, he went to the well one too many times and I made him pay. Defense has also been improved over the series. You at first base, you've been working hard pregame. How have you? taking some steps and some strides. I mean, you made a lot of good picks. Had to stretch out for some balls that Pablo threw you as well. Yeah, thanks for noticing that, Jemiah. I have been working really hard on it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, everybody in this organization is a perfectionist, um, and we want to make sure that when I step out on the field, I'm giving the, the team the best chance to win. And I'm involved in so many plays at first base that making sure that I'm on top of my footwork, staying on top of my handwork um, is going to be super important for the longevity of the season. But been working really hard. There's three parts of the game, and um, defense is a really big one because it affects everybody. It affects the bullpen. It affects the starting pitcher, so um, getting us back in the dugout uh, is a really big uh, momentum key for us. Hey, just know that we see everything, man. Keep the hard work going, all right? Thanks a lot. Thanks, Jemai. Appreciate it. How well, do you? How can you not like that guy? Cock your shit, big you, dog. Oh, my God. Like, everything that he said was just like, yes, more, yes. Talking about, like, yeah, he fucking, he had, a, he had a game plan against me. He was making a lot of great pitches, but guess what? He went to the well too many times, and I made him pay. I hit a fucking bomb off him. You're going to keep throwing me change-ups? Guess who can hit change-ups? Me. I can do that. Oh, you like my defense? Thanks for noticing. I'm working really hard on it because I saw that fucking article that came out where it said, that, oh, yeah, I, apparently I don't work hard enough or I don't do the right things in my pregame work. Well, guess what? I've been working really hard on that, and now it's reflected in in, in the plays that you just saw tonight. And to say, oh, uh, oh, he's... He said that he put the dagger in the game. Yeah, he did. 
He did do that. It was what? 6-3 and then he made it 8-3? Broke it open. He broke it open 8-3. Yeah. yeah, that's what that is. An 8-3 ball game is is a lot different than a save situation 6-3. Like, yes. Everything that he said, I was like, yes. More Tristan. This is great. And so I tweeted, strongly considering muting the word Casas on Twitter. It's like 90% of the conversations about him are mind-numbingly stupid. Dummies arguing about batting average and nail polish and sunbathing. Let the kid be. He's a good player who is playing well. That's all that should matter. That's it. And that's what I tweeted. And it, it's almost like uh, it, it, there's a certain guys that no matter what they do, they just draw that criticism like he he could sneeze and people be like ah fuck this guy it's just one of those it's weird it's weird because he's not like he's different no doubt like he's different he's a little bit out there space shot he's not disrespectful he's not cocky he's confident there's a fine line between cocky and confident he is confident no doubt um but he beats to his own drum and i feel like people i don't know what people are expecting because we're not the yankees like with the yankees it's almost as if the fans expect their stars to meet the Jeter barometer. Like, if you ain't Jeter, then you can't lead this team. You can't be the face of the franchise. The Red Sox don't have that here. Like, they, we, It's not like you're not David. No one's David Ortiz. We know that. No one is expecting you to be David Ortiz, to act like David Ortiz. Uh, I mean, no one... No one alive knows how Ted Williams acted like Nomar. No one wants you to be Nomar. Nomar fucking didn't want to talk to the media like Nomar. I love him. Probably one of my top three favorite players of all time, but he was a little bit of a prick. If in, and back then people like there wasn't as much social media. Like you're not, you're not getting to really dissect player personalities as much back then, but there's no bar for Tristan Casas. There's no precedent that's been set for Casas to have to meet, he's just his own person, and that is more than enough for me. I just couldn't care less to hear what what people's negative opinions are about this kid when, I mean, I've been literally following him since he got drafted. Like, we all know the story. He got drafted. He came on Section 10. He announced he was signing with the Red Sox on the podcast. Like we, He announced that he was signing with the team with us. and then. You just follow his career, Team USA, throughout the minors. He's a beast. He's going to be a... People are, are, are just failing to understand that guys that are highly touted don't just come up to the big leagues and then present themselves as ML, uh, MVP caliber players. That takes time. It's still his first full season in the big leagues. And isn't his OPS over 800 now? Uh, on the season, no. So for the season, he's currently sitting at... Hold on, give me one second here. Yeah, so for the season right now, he's at 729. But you look at the year overall, if you look at the way to runs created plus, he's at 100 now. So he's been a league average hitter on the year. This isn't a guy anymore you can go and say, well, he's been so below average that you can't even say anything. He's been a league average bat. Then you start to really dive into the numbers and you look at what he's been doing since May. And it's Mm -hmm. a totally different game. He was horrendous in April. We saw it. He went through the struggles. This month, it's an 867 OPS. What's the batting average? It's 277 for all the old heads that want to get all worked up about it and everything along those lines. Also, um, the month by month breakdown, like that's the biggest thing for me because that's growth. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to say like your example here is 
He's been he's been good. It, like take out April, struggled in April, okay. Um, but then he's been really good since May first. But what you can one twenty three weighted runs created plus and some. What you can do to to further illustrate your point is that April was not good, May was better, June is better than May. Like he is showing progress every single month. That's all you can ask for. It's his first full season in the big leagues and his first month of that first full season bogs down the overall numbers. Like, and, and me and Felger would go at this all the fucking time, all the time. He would hate that he would just pull up the baseball reference, look at what the numbers are for the entire season and be like, this is who this guy is. No, you have to look at it broken up. And if you look at Casas broken up, here's April. Then he got better in May. Then he got better in June. We're not in July yet. We'll see what happens. Maybe he continues to get better in July. That remains to be seen. But anyone that's sitting out there being like, man, man, he's batting average. And, you know, man. The defense, I mean, he's working on it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that he's going to win a gold glove this year, but he's he's working on it. Did you think he was going to hit 330 in the big leagues? Like if you did, then you're not paying attention to the player he is. He's not going to be a guy who hits 320 or 300. That's never been his game. When for the last month and 20 days, 22 days, he's hitting 267. That's what I expect Tristan Casas to be. Give me a 270 batting average. Give me the 370 OBP with some nice power. That's what he is. And the reality is, why do people hate Tristan Casas, especially this group of fans? It's because he hits all these little things that a lot of the, the older fan base, which is the one, you know, the people I see really complaining about it more than anyone. It's not a big batting average guy. It's going to be a lot of walks. They hate the idea that on base percentage is the focus of the conversation, right? They, they just immediately push away. It's the prospect conversation of that. We've been talking about this guy for years and him being an instrumental part. They want to say, well, well, this is the prospect you guys all bet on. What are you guys doing? We knew he wasn't that good. You guys overvalue prospects. It's the fingernails. It's the new era swag. That's kind of different. And he's willing to say his shit. But the reality is, and you know, there was someone who commented under one of my tweets. He's like, Oh, Dustin Pedroia was never like this. Oh, never. Dude, did you watch Dustin Pedroia? Did you listen to the guy talk? And all I did was respond with the laser show, you know, video from back in the day. He was like, oh, Dustin Pedroia talked about himself differently. He did it with class. No, he was cocky and confident. And that's why we love Dustin Pedroia, because he would say, watch what the fuck I'm going to do. Jeff Francis, how's this fucking taste? How'd that taste when I took you deep in game one of the World Series? I can picture Tristan Casas saying something like that. And people may go and say, well, oh, well, who is he to say that? Who the hell was Dustin Pedroia to say that back then? He became Dustin Pedroia. He became a guy who won rookie of the year and won AL MVP, all these different things who, you know, became really the soul of the Red Sox in a lot of ways. This is what this kid is supposed to become. This is who he's going to become. He's going to be a leader in this clubhouse. He's going to be an important part of them. He works his ass off. You see, no one has ever questioned his worth ethic. You want to cite that, that, article from the athletic and everything it talks about how hard he works in there everyone in there carl's fabulous told you this guy has gold glove capabilities and what did we see in this series that flip to whitlock on that play that's what you're fucking talking about that's a guy who can win gold gloves even the play to caleb ort if ort had actually done his fucking job and got over to first base they would have easily had that out and they lucked into that out this guy is special if you're not paying attention or not watching the games and that's on you for a guy to hit this long for over a month. I don't care if you say he sucked in April. Yeah, he's young. He's figuring it out. You're going to have a bad month. That's baseball. That is what it is. Wait till the end of the season. If you don't see these improvements, 
there's not like luck here either. You can look at all these numbers. There's no luck. When you're telling me over your last 41 games, you have an 800 OPS. I'm going to tell you that's a good ball player. We have a tweet beef developing right now. With who? Um, not with me. I'm not. Oh, involved. is this the Katio thing? No. Nope. Oh, interesting. That was a thing I was watching earlier. A different Chris. Why? Who is uh, Katio <laughs> beefing with? Uh, Devers Enjoyer. Are you familiar uh, with this yeah, game? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> One mm-hmm. of the funniest Twitter Red Sox Twitter accounts out there. Mm-hmm. But uh, just getting at Katio and trolling in the best way possible. Yeah. He's he's a he's a bigger troll than me at my peak. Oh, a hundred percent. He's like playoff Tanaka, but Red Sox edition. Yeah. R.I.P. to playoff Tanaka. He didn't actually I die, know. but I, I think he's taking a break or something like that. Right. Yeah. Gabe. Good Gabe's dude. The best. Love Gabe. Uh, this tweet tweet beef is between. Chris Verdugo. And Pete Abraham. Oh, my. Mm. Um, Pete Abraham that fucking loser responded to a tweet because this was about the all-star game votes Pete tweeted about uh, in a sign of the times no Sox players are finalists in the all-star voting and then someone responded and said Verdugo is most deserving dude's a monster and it's disgusting he wasn't even top 20 and then Pete said a monster question mark he hasn't hit a home run since May 1st, and he's 7th in the AL and OPS. Just owned himself. Good. Yeah, he's been pretty good. And Chris Verdugo says, apparently being 20th in war in MLB and 10th in the American League in war and 4th in war amongst outfielders is, quote, pretty good. That's a good point. Just own, like, I- I'm telling you, Pete Abe cried and sulked on Twitter for like a week and a half when they were really scuffling before this recent winning streak. And now every single tweet he puts out like is like a weird like he's attempting to make a dig and you could say or you know he's trying to sound like oh this is clearly the issue with the Red Sox organization but the minute they start winning all those tweets stop from him he, he starts with all that bullshit on the timeline Alex Verdugo if you're trying to deny the season he's had it's been a very very good year out of him very very good and he definitely should be in that conversation there there, there is no way to ignore that. I don't think that we need any further confirmation that Pete Abe's a fucking clown shoe loser dildo. I think everyone here, if you told them, do you want to give Verdugo the Masataka Yoshida extension? We'd all put that paper on the table today. Yeah. And the reality is Verdugo, what does Verdugo do? He also plays a gold glove right field. And he, he also does. moves pretty well on the base pass. Who had the story a couple of days ago that said he's open to contract extensions? I mean, that doesn't come in a shocker. I feel like he's been talking about that since the beginning of the year. Yeah, that was from the Globe. And, you know, I'll give Cora credit since he uh, sat him down. He had a hit in every single game after that. Mm-hmm. Just kind of clicking back in. And I think we're about to get one of the Verdugo runs again because he's been on fire lately. He's back hitting over 300 once again this year. Alex Verdugo is Nick Markakis. That's who he is. Very good ball player. Very, very good ball player. It's going to make some all-star teams. I love Nick Markakis. What do you have? 2,500 hits in the big leagues? Mm-hmm. Sound right? Yeah, we love Nick Marquez. You know what else we love? What? Max. Because hmm. when it comes to streaming, my first draft pick is Max. 
Max has the best entertainment for whatever mood I'm in. Sometimes it's drama or my go-to superhero movies like The Batman or Shazam. As a kid, I used to have Batman. Uh, I actually still have it. Christmas ornament. I got Batman slippers. I should have got a Batman tattoo. Maybe I still will. Some days I'm into home renovation, like the fixer upper, welcome home or hometown. Then an hour later, I may crave some comedy like the HBO original Curb Your Enthusiasm or The Big Bang Theory. And if I'm watching with my family, we love classics like Max Original Sesame Street and the new Max Original Gremlin Secrets of the Magawi. Don't wait to pick the best of streaming entertainment. Max, with something for every mood I'm in, anytime, it's always a win. And plans start as little as $9.99 a month. Max! The one to watch. Subscription required. Visit max.com to sign up today. <sighs> Just to add a side note, isn't the uh, only player on the Yankees who got voted in or is at the top? It's Aaron Judge, right? They have one guy. and It's legit. If Rafael Devers is having a Rafael Devers year, isn't the same thing? Mm-hmm. So there you go. Well, let's not act like this is the end of the world here. The Red Sox had guys who were in the conversation. I don't it's fan voting. I don't fucking care. Like Masataki Yoshida, is that a guy? Good chance. You know, he's right in the thick of the rookie of the year conversation. Had a pretty damn good year, if you ask me. Alex Verdugo, same there. Chris Martin, you see what Chris Martin's fucking doing out of the bullpen for this team? Is that another trade piece for you? Uh, this might be a, I don't know if it's a hot take. I'd trade Kenley before I trade Chris Martin. Ooh. I look at Kenley and I don't mean to be mean. Dude, he is an old, like his body, like I think he's going to be fine. I think he can pitch well. Like I'm not telling you he's going to fall off, but I watched Kenley and it's like, damn, he, he's got a lot, a lot of little things biting at him. He's wearing a knee brace before games now because his knee's kind of barking on him. Uh, I just look at Chris Martin and Chris Martin's older. He's 37, but Chris Martin just looks a little bit more like there's more bullets in the chamber. And, you know, Chris Martin didn't become Chris Martin until the last couple of years. That's another part of it. And I just love the way he attacks guys. I love him pounding the zone. And if you look at this year, it's a 199 ERA and 22 innings and two thirds. I think he could close. And he's, he's done it at times this year for the Red Sox yeah, when they needed the him to. Series, yeah. the Bronx. I think you could say, hey, we're going to trade Kenley. He's a legit closer. Someone will pay something for that. Maybe you get out of the money for it. And you could say, all right, we're going to keep Chris Martin for next year. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Sound logic. It's got to be an interesting trade deadline. God, 0.8 walk per nine. Mm. That gets me going out of the bullpen. And he's been that guy. That's not like a, hey, where'd this come from type situation. Chris Martin, do not walk guys. That's not what he do. I think you dream about maybe, and then, you know, at that point you can say, well, we're going to have John Shriver back. You know, one of Hauk or Cutter, whoever ends up not being a starter. I do have some stuff on Cutter, by the way. Uh, I kind of do want to touch on. Please. Uh, so, yeah, for a lot of people, I know Cutter hasn't exactly dominated. He had a really good start the other day. Uh, five innings, six hits, zero earned runs in the second game of the series. 374 ERA on the season. I've seen some people kind of say, like, I don't know if he's going to be a starter. I don't know if he's going to stick in that role. It's a 420 ERA and four starts since moving there. First off, it's a lot harder to go from a bullpen reliever to a starter and kind of make that transition smoothly. We saw Whitlock kind of go through some of those up and downs last year. The FIP over those four starts is 174. His BABIP is 422. So we're talking about a guy who's been extremely unlucky, a la Brian Bayo a year ago, who the FIP is clearly telling you he's better than what it's been. I think we're going to watch with Cutter Crawford over the next couple of weeks and months. 
that he's a legit rotation option for this team moving forward. And I think, you know, this is just the start of it. If he can get fully out there, I think core City's at about 85 pitches. They pulled him a little bit before that in this start. Look at the baseball savant page. There's a lot, a lot of red. The chase rate is 97th percentile. He's really good. Get on that train now because it's going to go. And I think we're going to see a lot closer to that, like six week span we had last summer when he was carving up the Astros and the Yankees like it was nothing. He's going to be a really solid, like number four, I think. Hmm. Um, really quick before we do the stop and shop, look ahead. What do you got on the, what do you got on the MLB draft? Who are the Red Sox linked to right now? Yeah. So th- there's been some kind of different conversations. I, I actually put out an article. Uh, I want to say maybe a month ago. Just some of the names. A that Milliken were original? Oh, yeah. You, you haven't seen the, some of the Tyler Milliken thought pieces on I've, the Sports no, Hub website? I've, I've seen them. I just didn't see, I didn't see anything about the draft on 98.5thesportshub.com? Yes. Uh, 98.5thesportshub.com. A Milliken original piece. A project, if you will. Yeah. Um, but the big one's Matt Shaw, who, if you look, I believe Keith Law. Uh, he's a shortstop second baseman out of Maryland. Uh, basically, Keith Law had him attached to him in his recent draft. Jonathan Mayo's had him. Baseball America did a staff draft and also had him included there. Probably not a guy who's going to stick at shortstop long term, but a masher like this guy can fucking hit. Um, You look at this year, like he's walking more than he's striking out. It's like 23 homers in 56 games at the time I wrote this. It's only gone up since then. Uh, Dominated the Cape Cod League last year and was MVP. I think that's the guy. If you look at their profiles, the Mikey Romero, uh, the Marcel Myers, obviously he's not coming out of high school, but it's a very big hit tool. And that seems to be what they love. Middle infield hit tool. We can say this guy, he's probably going to be a second baseman or left fielder, but we know he'll mash his way all the way up through the minors. Um, That's really been the most consistent one I've seen. Tommy Troy out of Stanford, shortstop. Same profile. I wouldn't say as big of a bat as someone like Shaw, but he's also had a ridiculous year over at Stanford and been doing his thing. Um, So it's a lot of the similar profiles we've seen in those years. Uh, and, you know, there's a couple prep shortstops in there. And if you want to talk like outfielder beyond that, Chase Davis. I don't know if you've seen some of those highlights circulating with him. Oh, yeah. It, dude, you talk about freakish, freakish fucking power. The swing looks like Carlos Gonzalez. Like, we're yeah, explosive. I saw. So when we were in like the green room, we were watching Chase Davis video and they were all saying cargo. I see Yasmani Grandal. Ooh, that's a good comp too. Yeah, I, I saw more of like, like cargo. I mean, who am I? Like th- these were all like ex big leaguers that were like, I see cargo, I see cargo. I said I see Yasmani Grandal because cargo's swing was a little bit more long. Chase Davis's swing, like Yasmani Grandal's, was a little bit more like to the baseball with like an uppercut and like a bat drop when he really barrels one, but both, both comps are fair. Both comps are, you know, nice swings. So yeah. And, and similar to how, like you compare a Shaw who is in college, it's not the same as taking that prep shortstop. Like we've seen them Davis coming out of college. It reminds me a little bit of Roman Anthony. Now, Roman Anthony, obviously a prep bat, but someone who he's tearing up high a right now, like people are feeling the hype. He's going to be on top 100 list across the board. We talked about him landing on Kylie McDaniel's list already. Um, but it's that kind of stuff. It's five tools. Someone who can really go out there and, you know, he's seemingly hitting for power average. He can run a bit and, you know, play a pretty good outfield. That's the stuff you dream on. But we'll see. You know, as we get closer here, 
I would definitely say Shaw has been the most linked name, but like the NFL draft, like the NBA draft, the names you often see associated don't end up being the case, and especially in the MLB draft when you have bonus pool complications and everything. A lot of these teams have strategies, and I would not be shocked again, as we've seen the Red Sox do outside of the Meyer year, where they say, we want to spread this bonus pool and continue to add depth to the system, overthrowing it at one specific guy. Mm. And I will say there's a lot of teams seemingly hot on Matt Shaw right now. Mm-hmm. Dude hit a 507-foot fucking grand slam in March. <laughs> yeah, some of these guys in the draft, I'm, I'm pretty excited about. Like, I see Blake Mitchell here. Uh, Keith Law has him going eight to the Royals. I've seen him like as low as 20. Like I've seen him in other mock drafts still around by the time the Red Sox pick at 14. Red Sox pick at 14. Uh, like Enrique Bradfield. He was another kid that I talked to, went to Vandy. Um, like if you take all of his stolen bases in college and you extrapolate it over 162 game season. It's 110 stolen base season. It's incredible. And he can hit. Yeah. Some of these kids. Oh, Jacob Wilson. Okay. Jacob Wilson. uh, One of the top shortstops in the draft. uh, Keith Law has him going at 23 to the Guardians. Um. It, this draft and people are talking about it too. Like it's a deep draft. There's a lot to work with. Like, and I know some people are probably hearing us and they're like, can you say a fucking pitcher? Herson Waldrop from Florida. Like that's an arm. If you're talking about someone who can come in here and he hasn't had the greatest year this year, there, there's no doubt about that, but electric type shit. Like it's a true three pitch mix. It's 95 to 99 mile per hour fastball split change. That's probably the best secondary in a hard upper 80 slider. He was their Saturday starter this year. Mm-hmm. It kind of went off the rails a little bit this year. 483 ERA overall. The walks were up. But what do good organizations do? And especially one like the Red Sox, where you see the pitching pipeline, it, it's starting to work. I, I don't know if people are noticing that. Like in the lower minors, they have arms that are clicking right now. Um, and, you know, Hunter Dobbins blowing up. Uh, Bradley Blaylock blowing up. Even Isaac Coffey making some noise. Luis Perales the last couple starts. I think they're getting confident in that pitching development. Shane Drohan now breaking out, as we talked about. Take a guy like that with electric stuff and you get him in here. That's how you get those arms that are going to explode onto the scene. And, you know, he has a college arm, but there's still room to grow. Mm-hmm. That's a little taste of, I guess, every pocket. Middle infield, outfield pitcher. I still think more likely than not, you get the middle infield type because I think Haim and most of these teams in baseball want the most athleticism they can get with a good bat. Yeah. Well, I mean, Keith Law has Bryce Eldridge. At 25 to the Padres, he's a he's a two way player. He's first baseman, and he's a right handed pitcher, and he's six fucking seven, <laughs> absolute monster. And I was talking to Blake Mitchell about him again, the catcher who Keith Law. I've has seen the Red Sox link to him as well. The Red Early Sox in the process linked to Mitchell or to Eldridge, Blake Mitchell. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> you got something? <laughs> I, I know that they like the player. I know that they mm. like the player. Um uh and I I like the player. I and I'll be honest with you. Like I liked all of them. All the kids that I talked to, all of them impressed me. But I think the one that I connected with 
um, outside of of probably like Enrique Bradfield, me and him like hit it off because I was most excited to see him. I fucking love Vanderbilt. Like I knew who he was like going in there. Um, but Blake Mitchell, I would say impressed me the most. But then you go down to a kid like Bryce Eldridge, who is the two way player. Um, and Blake was telling me that when they played uh, Team USA together, that he hit a fucking 450 home run into the trees uh, with wood bat. Like these are like teenagers, dude. The wood bat 450. And I think it was something like, like on that day, whenever it happened on that day, it was the longest home run hit, like including like big league homers. Wow. That is absurd. Holy shit. Yeah. And he's like, there are some kids there that were, you know, six, six, but they were lanky. Like this, like they want to talk about my legs being chicken legs. Like there were some kids there. They're like six, six wiry as fuck. Bryce Eldridge, six, seven, Built like a brick shit house. He's a grown ass dude already. Yeah, two way player, two way player. And like, who knows? Like, if they ever went that route and kind of got crazy with it, it'd be interesting. But like, even someone like Blake Mitchell, like, you want to talk about people who are little Blake Swihart fanboys, like I was when he was coming up in the system, and you dreamt of having that like long term catcher. And no disrespect to Connor Wong, you know these guys are young. Mitchell's eighteen years old, but like, that's that's a guy who can really hit. Legit and pop and his arm is fucking absurd behind cannon. the plate. He has a cannon. And I knew, I don't want to say I knew Blake, but like I was around Blake when he was in the minors. And he was a little bit of a shithead. This kid, he's got his head screwed on straight. Like pitchers love working with him. He is just like, we, we talk, like, I wanted to know, like, what do you like off the field and, and all this? And he's just, He's all business. He's ba- he's focused on his goals. He's focused on baseball and he's a good kid. Like you can tell he's not like a yeah, I'm going to go fucking party with like my draft bonus money. Like no, like he has his head screwed on straight and it was more of a like a a, a quieter, more soft-spoken like Veritech build to him where it's like cuz that was one of the questions that I asked him was you're a catcher, you got to worry about hitting you got to worry about your defense. You got to worry about calling games. You got to worry about throwing out base runners. Like what, what, what are you most concerned about? Like, what do you pride yourself on? He's like leadership, like being able to, you know, like the, make the pitcher comfortable when he's out there on the mound. Uh, yeah, that's why I'm saying like, I was most impressed with him and I mean, I, I'm hoping he's still around uh, at 14, but I would be, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he gets taken before he, he could quote unquote fall to us. And you're talking two-way player. Obviously, Mitchell isn't entering that way, but a lot of people believe that no, no, he no. wasn't. Mitchell's the catcher. Eldridge yeah. is the two-way. Oh, okay. I thought you were speaking on the other. I was just saying in terms of Mitchell, when you talk about him as a whole, like that kind of guy, if he just, his arm is so good that he'd be a, probably a top two-round pick if he was a pitcher. Like mm-hmm. that's how a lot of people view him just because the fastball already reaches 97 with a downer curve and a good change. Like mm-hmm. that's the kind of stuff you're working with. I didn't even know Eldridge all that in terms of the leadership and everything. That's even crazier. Yeah. Yeah. So it's cool. It's cool. I, I'm, I'm super stoked that I got to do that event. Cause you know, 
like we're we're doing the Red Sox podcast, we're doing Baseball's Dead, and I, I've got a million fucking things going on. So I don't think I would have taken the time to really dive deep into some of these top draft guys uh, unless I was just right there, like getting to know them in person. Like that was um, that was a very valuable experience to be able to do that and to have that perspective come come draft day. So now like that's why the, the combine's cool is because and and I was even saying this like as a baseball fan I've watched the draft almost every year since probably the the Harper draft. Which one was first? Was it Harper or Strasburg? Uh Strasburg. Okay, so since the Strasburg draft, like watching that shit on MLB Network. And every year and like Harper there was there was hype Strasburg there was hype um, there's not always a lot of hype about the guy that goes number one overall. That's just not like a thing in, in baseball. But now um, there there's hype. Like now there's hype around pit, like middle of the first round. You know what I mean? Like if before it was like, who's the one guy? Who's the one guy that's one one that everyone's going to make a big deal about? And now it's kind of getting to the point where youth baseball is, is really taken off and, and like the diehards are, they, they know these guys like college baseball is now, uh, coming to the forefront. Like you can't just be an MLB fan anymore. Now it's like, it's like being a WWE fan, but now you get to also watch NXT. Like if you're going to, if you're going to be a complete fan and that's the same thing with college baseball now. And some of these high school players, there's a lot of really good high school talent in this draft, but just like the first two guys, Dylan Cruz the outfielder out of LSU projected to go number one overall. Um, he is a fucking absolute stud. And then the number two pick would be Paul Skeens, the righty out of LSU. LSU having the top two picks in the draft. Absurd. A guy that many people are saying is the best college pitcher to come out since Steven Strasburg. That he guy looks is, like, like Steven Strasburg. Like he he profiles like him. You sit there and you watch him, and he's a starting pitcher that's blowing a hundred miles an hour. Like that's you just don't see that. You, you don't see that a lot in the big leagues. Never mind the college level. He's throwing a hundred miles an hour as a starting pitcher consistently. Uh, and then this kid, if if you're listening to this and it's the weekend, do some do some YouTube digging on Max Clark. Max Clark is throws 99 off the mound, but he's not a pitcher. And he hits six fucking 46 this year. And he's 18. He already has like over 300,000 followers on Instagram. I was fascinated. I was like, how, how are you this? viral sensation as an 18 year old high school player from Indiana. How? Like, how do you like, I'm not saying like, if, if you hit 646 in a season, you're, you're that dude. Okay. Not trying to take away from the ability, but you're 18 years old. How are you finding baseball fans to find you? I, it's cool. Like I, it gives me hope for the future of baseball. Like that's like, I'm happy about it. But I'm just like, you know, it blows your mind. Like you look around at some of these players on the Boston Red. He has more players than most of the fucking players on the Red Sox. It's crazy. Like, like, the, like the NBA, NFL, those guys have millions upon millions and millions of Instagram followers. Baseball, like my mom has more fucking followers <laughs> than half the fucking team. 
for real. It, there's a different, you know, level now. And, and you see it. I think you just in terms of, you know, Blaze Jordan was really one of the first guys to do it. Right. Like yeah. where you had mm-hmm. a legit social media following coming in. I think now you look just at like the levels on Instagram. And Jared, you probably see this because you're you know deep in the baseball game. The kids that are like 12 and 13 at these tournaments are mic'd up like every game and they're out there making content like this is the generation. This is where the game is going. It is evolving. There's young people who are going out there. They'll fucking record their at bats. They're talking shit to the catcher like they're on the field like that's crazy, man. Whoever would have thought in even in the last couple of years, you watch, you know, the old MLB draft in the friggin MLB network studios now. Dude, they got a whole fucking event that looks like, you know, what the NFL or the NBA is doing. And they're leveling up every single year with it. Like, that's what you should get excited about because baseball is evolving. Like, we mentioned all these names like Chase Dolander. We, we'd even mention him. Like, and that's the guy who entered the year as the best pitching prospect in this draft. And, you know, he's still going to be amongst the very top in there. That's the stuff going on here. Like, there's so much exciting talent coming out and it's only getting better. Like, look at what Ellie De La Cruz is doing. The yeah. level of talent, baseball has never seen it before at this level. Like you have athleticism, guys are fucking pumping a hundred, like it's nobody's business. Like it's a good time to be a baseball fan. You're gonna keep seeing things like Tim Kirchin's line. You every day when you watch baseball, you see something different. When you have these variables and these levels of players, bro, it's gonna get even crazier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who'd have thought MLB draft talk on the pod? Yeah. Asking for more MLB, asking Woo! for more talk. You got MLB yeah. draft preview. Yeah, in June. When is uh, the draft? Is what July 9th? I think so. It's right around there. Something it's like uh, the All Star break. It's the Sunday. I believe it's the Sunday before. So I think it's like draft one night, home run derby the next night on Monday, and then the All Star games on Tuesday. Yeah. So Sunday through Tuesday. Yeah. Which is kind of, oh man, I don't even want to stress out about it right now because I already. You're going to die. Because like I, I don't I don't know when we're because the A's are in town that weekend. So like Dallas is gonna be here, so I'm gonna want to do shit with Dallas, but I don't want to be in the air for the draft. No, that's rough. Like I'm thinking, like, all right, I gotta fly on Sunday to get f- there for the for the derby on Monday, but I don't want to be in the air for the draft, but I don't want to miss out on time with Dallas. I just need to invent a teleporter. That's all. I, I will. I will say if there was something, because as long as you can watch it, you should be pretty flexible, right? Like that is something you kind of do. Just sit and watch. Wouldn't it be ideal. Yeah. I, like, mean, was, I mean, like surprisingly, Wi-Fi has gotten better on planes. Like I for today's baseball game, I watched the whole game streaming on my phone and on the flight to Arizona. On what day did I leave? Thursday? I think I watched the game. I watched the game on my phone, too. So Me and you were texting. You were like, hopefully Monday. my phone doesn't drop out. You're, yeah. But you yeah, never yeah, yeah. you never text me saying, oh, fuck, it fell apart. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was actually pretty cool because the flight there had TVs and it was Monday night. So I had the Red Sox on my phone and I have two sets of headphones. I have the one that plugs into the phone and then I have the one that's like the jack that plugs into the TV on the on the plane so i had monday night raw on the the plane tv and i had the game on my phone so i had one set of headphones in my right ear and one set of headphones in my left ear and i was listening to both at the same time so if i was like super high i could 
envision a world where like Dave O'Brien was broadcasting Monday Night Raw or like Corey Graves was broadcasting a baseball game. I wonder what that would sound like. Dave O'Brien. Oh my God. WWE. Yeah. Hmm. How'd you like the Bill Burr broadcast? I I thought, okay, I, I liked it. It was good. Do I feel like I would want it for a full game all the time? No. I, I think a couple innings you could do, but I also felt like by the end of it, Bill Burr was like, get me the fuck out of here. Like, mm-hmm. if you watch the clip, like when the game ended, he like spiked his yeah. headphones on the yeah, desk. Took, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's 10 innings. I get it. But uh, I've never seen anything like that with the stand-up comedian going that far. I definitely didn't think it failed. But I think the Nesson people were so scared during it. And you heard post game after Tom Karen, Tom Karen clarified his whole, uh, you know, the dead body, the wife and all that mm-hmm. stuff. It was like nobody was hurt. Like yada, mm-hmm. yada, yada. I was like, oh, my God, the Nesson executives must be sweating right now. Yeah. So uh, I, I had said, why didn't you guys promote this? Like, I, yeah. I would have been more like pumped and whatever. uh looking forward to a Bill Burr complete game broadcast when he when I heard his voice, I was like, is that Bill Burr? I thought he had like he had a show and he was like, I'm going to have to get out of here early. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So he he flew into Minnesota just to do the broadcast. And like I had texted Uke in the sixth inning. I was like, is he doing the whole game? And he didn't get back to me until after the game was over. And he's like, yeah, he did the whole game. I was like, yeah, I know you guys watched. The f- I was watching. I know he did the full game, but I, I wasn't sure at the time. I texted him in the six. I was like, is he doing the whole game? Because they didn't promote it that way. And I guess the reason why they didn't promote it that way is because they didn't know. Like, what if his flight got delayed or what if he had to like cancel or pivot? Like, they didn't want to be like, hey, everyone, it's Bill Burr night in the broadcast booth. And then there's no Bill Burr. But yeah, he flew from L.A. to Minnesota to do the game and then from Minnesota flew to like Philly or something to do his show. So yeah, like I thought that that was pretty cool, but I mean, every inning that went by, like once you get past like the six, you're like, all right, I guess this is the whole game. But (laughs) for like the first few innings, I was like, Oh, he's doing two innings. That's awesome. Oh, three innings. Wow. Okay. All right. Sick. Oh, four things. This has got to be the last one. It's almost like when you like have like an opener and it's like, how many innings can you really give me? And then you're just like, wow, complete game for Bill Burr. Did not see that happening on a day like today, but I thought it was great. I know that they, like, they were mixed reviews. I would say the majority did like it. Um, I thought it was refreshing or not refreshing, but to add someone who's like, you know, Dave O'Brien's like a very traditional broadcaster. So when you have a wild card like that in the booth, you get those weird kind of moments where guys are out of their element. It's not a bad thing. It's just different. It's something unique. Yeah. Like he was making jokes and no one was saying anything. I'm sure that they were laughing, but they were like, I can't be complicit in this. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I can't have this clip pulled and put on the internet to people just like, can't I mean, broadcasters must be shitting themselves these days. Like all it takes is one slip up and boom, not only are you fired, but you're not getting a job somewhere else. Like with like we were talking about the cheating scandal with the Astros. It's like, yeah, like AJ Hinch got fired, but at least he got a, a job somewhere else. Uh, there, there are some slip ups that happen and guess what? You don't have a job and you're, no one's going to hire you now, but Bill Burr, very, very funny guy, big fan myself. Um, he called me what the Johnny Walker blue of shit talk. Yes. Mm. Not bad. Mm. I've never met him. It's crazy. He's he's a huge Red Sox fan. We've never connected before. 
I feel like I'd not be intimidated, but dude, I know he'd roast the fuck out of me. Like I, you, that dude could bar anybody up. You know what I mean? What happened to Bullet? Mm. He died. <laughs> he died. <laughs> First thing he brings up, Bullet. Oh God! But um, no, I, I think if you're talking died. about <laughs> if you're getting into like you know like 2020 or like mm-hmm. even last year in like September, dude, I would have taken a a Bill a Bill Burr pod or broadcast or anything like that over and over again. Where it's like, all right, we're watching Connor Seabold get his dick kicked in for like the third time in three weeks. Throw it in. Who gives a fuck? Just make fun of the team. We'll take whatever it is at this point. Give us good cuts to laugh at. 2020 should have been just Bill Burr. Like how Vin Scully does the Dodger games, the 2020 Boston Red Sox should have been just Bill Burr in the booth. God, like I would. Here oh. comes this fucking asshole. Who's this guy? Who's that? <laughs> and he would have been right. And I feel like none of the none of the pitchers that they trotted out there that were complete shit stains. Like we we did that segment what three weeks ago, just going down the roster of the 2020 Boston Red Sox, being like, forgot that guy was there. Didn't know that guy was a real person. Who the fuck is this? Having that would have saved the season. It would have been worth every painful loss of the 2020 season and just the COVID situation in general. Everyone's pissed off that they're stuck inside and everything's closed. And the Red Sox are the worst baseball team perhaps to ever play baseball. But Bill Burr's in the booth and he's caught he's he's making fun of all these shit bags. Like, yeah, this is great. Can you imagine if he uh was there when the guy broke into Fenway in center field? Oh my god. That oh. would have been the best bit of all time. Please. Yeah. Would have been amazing. All right, we got to take a break and talk about Zinn Nicotine Pouches. We're always talking about what a team needs to get to number one, but Zinn Nicotine Pouches are already there. Zinn has helped millions of people achieve lasting chains, earning the title of America's number one nicotine pouch. If you're a smoker or you're a dipper looking to make a change, look no further than Zinn. Zinn is made with six simple ingredients and is available in a wide range of varieties, including spearmint, citrus, and even coffee. And it's available in two strengths so you can control your nicotine satisfaction. Because it's discreet, you can enjoy it anywhere, anytime, so you never have to miss a moment of the game. Plus, every can of Zinn earns you points towards premium items like tailgating gear, top-of-the-line tech, Zinn swag, even gift cards. Find your Zinn at your local convenience store or online at Zinn.com. That's Zinn, Z-Y-N dot com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. The Stop and Shop, look ahead. Brought to you by Stop and Shop. Head on down to Stop and Shop right now. Use the promo code section 10. That'll get you 10 cents off. Each tangerine, when you buy at least 10 pounds, five pounds, excuse me. I keep, keep saying 10. It's five pounds of tangerines. At Stop and Shop, only when you use the promo code Section Ten. Uh, the White Sox heading on down to Chicago. Red Sox, White Sox. You you love the battle of the fucking uh, cotton on the feet series. It's Brian Bayo versus Lucas Giolito. It's James Paxton versus Lance Lynn, and it's Cutter Crawford versus TBD. Uh, the times of the series, dude, I keep saying, like, I feel like it's Sunday. I was like, why are they playing a fucking two o'clock game on a Wednesday? Um, it's eight ten on Friday, four forty on Saturday, and it is two ten on Sunday with the TBD for the White Sox. Uh, Lucas Giolito, by the way, shout out to the dude or girl. I don't, I think it's a dude 
um, on the Section 10 Reddit who said that he bullied me into changing the stop and shop format. He did. <laughs> Credit to him. Credit to him. He was just like, it's the way you do it, stupid. You should do it this way. And I was like, fine. <laughs> I'm not I'm not combative with the listening audience. If they if they're like, hey, the way that you do this is fucking dumb and you should do it a different way. I'm like, I'm open to suggestions. I'm sometimes, definitely not. Well, sometimes bullying the, works. Sometimes bullying works. The the person that I talked about in my DMs at the beginning of the show that said like I just want strict baseball talk, that bullying is not going to work. I will never you just bullied be him straight back. baseball. Yeah, bullied him back. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely bullied him back. I I will never not be just baseball talk. We will be talking about things other than baseball on the show. It's just always going to be a thing. But if you're like that format's fucking stupid, then I'm like, you know what? I agree. Let's change it. Then we Dead do. dogs, Uncle Bucky. What happened to Bullet? Mm. He died. <laughs> it hits harder every time. I feel like you could like play that with like an EDM soundtrack. <laughs> you get the beat drop right after. Uh, I can smack. do that. I can oh, make God. one of those. <laughs> um, I can read my haikus over that. <laughs> he died. <laughs> Can you acknowledge my best haiku ever? You want me to read it? Let's fucking go. Hold on, I gotta scroll here. Hold on, hold on. Okay. June 20th, 2023. Socks fuck. Six straight wins. Arroyo was out. Then in. Yoshida is him. A poem written by Tyler Milliken. I barred up on that one. It rhymed. I started working on that in the fifth inning. pretty good i saw a lot of i saw butterflies from jared i, I saw heat from jake yeah, yeah, yeah just saying yeah that's a good one i can spit a little bit yeah it's good back to the back to the preview yeah lucas giolito five and four three fifty four era a 124 whip and a 9.3 strikeouts per nine um okay so he's got a 428 fip uh, 8.2 strike uh, hits per nine, 2.9 walks per nine. Uh, his ERA is much better, but the rest of his numbers are that different. In fact, Giolito is getting hit harder on average, giving up more hard hits and more barrels. Uh, really feels like the two t- t- uh, 2022 ERA when he had a 490 and a 144 whip. Um, he's been an innings eater. He's finished six innings in 10 out of 15 starts and pitched into the seventh four times. He's allowed a home run in eight of his last nine starts. His walks this year, a little odd seven starts with, um, either zero or one walk, but then he has three starts with three walks and one start with seven walks. Uh, he's walked three batters in two of his last three starts. 
Um, after a huge velocity drop from 2021 to 2022, uh, it has rebounded a little bit this year, going up to uh, 0.3. So he's now at 92.9 miles per hour in the heater. Uh, his only good pitch is his slider. Uh, he only throws three pitches, four seam, 242 batting average against, 418 slug, slider, 216 batting average against, uh, 373 slug, and then the change up, 274 batting average with a 521 slug. Uh, the White Sox are 6 and 9 when he pitches. Red Sox hitters have not fared well against him at all. 156 with a 561 OPS. Kike and Duvall have the home runs. Going up against Lucas Giolito is none other than Brian Bayo, who is 4-4 four four with a 349 ERA, a 130 whip, 8.6 strikeouts per nine. He made 11 starts in 2022 and is now at 11 starts in 2023. Let's compare. Last year, a 471 ERA compared to 349 this year. A 178 whip compared to a 130 whip this year. 11.8 hits per nine compared to 8.6 hits per nine this year. 4.2 walks per nine compared to three walks per nine this year. Uh, the strikeouts per nine are identical. 8.6. Um, the FIP. Mm, I know you're not going to like this. 294 FIP last year to a four FIP this year. Um, but I think the FIP, maybe you would agree with this, has more to do with the home runs that he's allowed. That was part. It's a lot of that early stretch where he was hitting, giving up homers, and he was walking guys. But it's gotten mm-hmm. much better as of late. I think mm-hmm. anyone, you know, the last five or six starts, commands got better, and he's not giving up those jacks anymore. Back to back starts against the Yankees. He went fourteen innings, seven hits, three earned runs, five walks, eleven strikeouts, zero home runs allowed. The Red Sox won both games. Uh, after a three start stretch where he favored his four seam in usage, Bayo is back to throwing his sinker as his primary fastball in the last two starts. His changeup dirty his last time out got seven swings and misses his highest for the season good for 58 percent of swings against that pitch uh 16 whiffs in that game were third most this year the red Sox are seven and four when he pitches he has never faced the white Sox. james paxton versus lance lynn lance lynn holy shit four and eight 651 era a 151 whip and a 10.9 strikeouts per nine uh he's kind of always allowed a lot of hits 8.3 per nine for his career um different level this year he's allowing 10 hits per nine it's career worst the 94 hits that he's allowed leads the american league on top of that he's walking three and a half batters per nine which is his worst in five years he's also allowing 1.9 home runs per nine which is a career worst and nearly double his career average he's getting barreled at a 10.4 percent clip this year his previous worst was 6.7 and his career average is 5.8 so he's just getting fucking smoked uh, isn't getting hit um, that much harder. Average exit velo. Um, he's just, when he gets hit, he gets hit hard. That's just what's happening here. Uh, he's allowed multiple home runs and five starts. Um, and he's allowed no home runs and only four starts that he's made this year. He had 16 strikeouts in his last start and lost. That's the most in MLB this year. Um, he also had... <laughs> 33 whiffs, the high in MLB season. MLB this season. Um, lost the fucking game. Crazy. White Sox are 5-10 and 10 when he starts. They've lost his last two. Red Sox hitters, 246 with a 655 OPS against them. Duvall, 3 for 10 with a triple. Uh, JT, 3 for 6 with two doubles. Uh, Chris Sale. <laughs> Chris Sale is 1 for 2 
against Lance Lynn. Going up against Lance Lynn is James Paxton. 3-1 and one with a 329 ERA, a 107 whip, and a 12 strikeouts per nine. Paxton in June, three starts, 2-0, and 19 and a third innings, 233 ERA, 224 FIP, 533 OPS, one home run allowed. 94th percentile in strikeout rate, 90th percentile in whiff rate. Yes. He is in the first percentile for curve spin, but his curveball, 190 average, 190 slug, 36% whiffs. Okay. Fuck your spin. He has 30% whiff or greater in all of his four pitches. Red Sox are three and four when he pitches. Not his fault, though. White Sox hitters, 269 with a 599 OPS, only allowing uh, two extra base hits and 55 plate appearances. Pretty fucking good. Andrew Benintendi, one for eight with three strikeouts against James Paxton. Then, finally, no starter for the White Sox, but it is Cutter Crawford for the Boston Red Sox. Two and three, a 374 ERA, a 114 whip, 9.1 strikeouts per nine. Still not walking, guys. 93rd percentile. Still gets chases. 97th percentile. Still gets weak contact. 87th percentile. He dropped his ERA half a point with his last start. Five innings, six hits, zero earned runs, zero walks, five strikeouts. Since returning to the rotation, four starts, 15 innings, 420 ERA, a 174 FIP, a 737 OPS. Uh, that is dog shit luck. 422 uh, BABIP, batting average on balls in play, 422. That's bad luck right there. He is not allowed a home run, and he's only walked three batters. Um, so now, judging by his last few starts here, three innings, three plus, four innings, five innings. So he's pretty much a full go for the rotation now. Um, his last two times out, he threw 80 pitches and 77 pitches. So he's, he's just about fully stretched for a rotation spot. Core uh, has Sox, him at 85, 85. Um, Red Sox are four and 10 when he pitches and two and four when he starts. They are one and three in his game since he returned to the rotation. White Sox hitters, um, one for two with a walk and a strikeout. And that's Andrew Benintendi, the only player to the only White Sox hitter to a face cutter Crawford. Prediction time. Again, it's hard to make predictions when you don't know who the starter on Sunday is going to be. But Jake, not to not to steal your thunder here, but I'm going sweep. Whoa. Mm hmm. Do you just love the pitching matchups for the Red Sox yeah. in the series? I do yeah, too. I, do. I like them a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, this is in part of the other thing is, right? Like what Brandon Walter did today, the bullpen's ready to go. You got a fully yeah. rested pen heading into this weekend, too. You're mm-hmm. not dead out there by any means. Mm-hmm. Only thing is, you're missing one of your best players all weekend. Yeah. Alex Verdugo on the bereavement list. You're going sweep without Verdugo. I'm going sweep without Verdugo. Ballsy. Well, I mean, give me give me more Rob Ref Snyder, you know? I, I'm not hating. I'm not hating. I, I'm looking here. What do we... Uh, give me a lefty. I need a lefty in there. But still, Rob puts up good at bats against righties. He's not a mess yeah, he can there. He can hit righties. A little Jaron Duran action. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you got Duvall and Duran and Yoshida. Yeah, who fucking that cares? That three for three to start the series? Three doubles? Yeah, mm. yeah Duvall's kind of due to break out a little bit now. 
Hit a homer the other day. Starting to heat up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you like, Tyler? Oh, you're going to me. Usually, you tee up Jake. I- I'm not going to go for a sweep. I'm going to bring it down a notch. I'm going to be the negative, uh, the negative Nicholas, and I'm going to go two out of three here. Uh, I think there is going to be a game here where the offense kind of sputters a little bit without Verdugo. I think he's so important at the top of that lineup. He's really the spark plug, I think, for the entire offense. But I think the pitching is really what you know wins out. Brian Bayo day. That's the most exciting day for Red Sox fans everywhere. And you're telling me out of Cutter and Paxton, can I get a win? I think so. Give me two out of three. You suck. You suck. You suck. You suck. Jake, stop bobbing you your suck. fucking head. <laughs> why, why were you so ready to do that? Um. All right, so we have one sweep, one pussy-ass two out of three. Someone um, call it brave. Jake, what are you thinking? Yeah, Tyler doesn't know what he's talking about. This one's a clean sweep. It's a clean sweep, Jake. It's not one. It's not two. It's going to be all three for the Boston Red Sox. Sweeping the Chicago White Sox in their own damn house. Wow. We don't even know who the starter is on Sunday. We don't give a shit. It's a sweep. Apparently, I ain't him. No, you're not. So I'm Himothy. I'm Hyler. What happened to Bullet? Mm. He died. <laughs> <laughs> they go so hard. It's gonna be my producer tag. Uh, that's funny. That's the good shit, brother. <laughs> Fuck you. Is Pete dead? Um, no, he's alive. Someone check in and make sure. I haven't heard from Pete in a long time. I'm worried about him. He said oh. he was coming back to us. He's doing pinball or something. Pinball? Yeah, that's what he does. The sport? Yeah. Yeah, let's we'll see pinball. if we can get him back. Um, I want to shoot him with the paintballs. Everyone's asking. People are asking. People are asking. I don't have a paintball gun. Do you have one? Uh, actually, I do. I actually had an incident with a paintball gun. I think I told it, right? Mm, I don't remember. I was, I think I got it. I want to see my freshman or sophomore year. It was a cheap one. It was like one of the ones from Walmart. Uh, shout out Puff. He was there, my boy. Uh, we were sitting in my front yard fucking around. <laughs> Uh, and I had never had a paintball like this is the most garbage Walmart paintball gun of all time. The story, it, it's like scary, but it really did happen. Now, I didn't realize like I, I kept shooting, you know, fucking around and I pulled the clip out and it was empty. Mm-hmm. But there was still one in the chamber. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So jokingly, I, I pointed it at my face. Uh, and I like you did not oh, tell us this story because I don't I, know I where did. this is going. Like nothing, I, nothing's ringing a bell here. No, and and I shot it like like this, like like at me, like you know, like oh, you know, joking about that I was gonna fucking kill myself. Um, and it it shot and it hit me in the side of my head really bad, and I fell to the ground. And I was like, <laughs> that's a shot, 
John, get my mom. I'm hit. Like, I don't know. I thought I'm I shot. hit. Like, I, I seriously <laughs> took fucking damage. It was a headshot. He's like, he's like, you okay? Let me look at it. And it's like, you know, you have an awful welt because it's right here and it was orange. So it was like all sprayed, like all on the side of my head. <laughs> it, it was a bad scene. I haven't touched there, the gun since. Is there a video of this? No. I everyone thought I was or dead. I, I thought How I was going to die. 14? You're an idiot. Well, we play this game because, like, I live in like a woody area. I have a big yard. Even, where, like, even like the the fucking CO two coming out would be bad to press up against your head. Even I without know. a, I, I don't know. I don't know what I was doing. I, clearly, so an idiot. You just you weren't thinking. No, and I was like, Mom, Mom, look at. <laughs> she's like, she's like, she's like, oh my god! And it was like a really good friggin' mark. How soon uh, between you shooting yourself in your head and your mom? getting to see how much time was in between the two events. Maybe 30 seconds. John took off. He was straight into my house. Like J- John's like another sibling. So like, you mm-hmm. know, runs into my house. He's like grabbing my mom. My mom comes out. My dad comes out and he's like, he grabs me by the fucking shirt. He's like, Are you a fucking idiot. He's like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, please not in front of John. <laughs> I was like, just save it till after. <laughs> and then my mom like took me. She's like, I need to see if he's okay. And she like checked me out and we would just run around my yard. And it was like, who can shoot the other person first? I just, it was, it was dumb. I mean, I honestly, like, I feel like I, your dad is like my spirit animal. Like my first instinct wouldn't be to see if you're okay. It would be a, to check. Like, are you a fucking oh, idiot? Dude, he, he was done. <laughs> yeah. Like the embarrassment on his face. And like, I'm sitting there like screaming. He's, he's like my son. Here's my son with a paintball shot into his own head, and I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I don't, is he okay? There's, I don't care. I'm embarrassed. There's no fence between my yard and my neighbor, and like my mm-hmm. dad was really close friends with my neighbor, and the neighbor's watching me, like rolling on the pavement, get to the other side of the yard. And I'm like, I can't get up because it hurts. It was bad. It, it, it hurts. Was, it was embarrassing. Wow. It happens. You're, you are. No, it doesn't. I've never had that happen. Uh, you haven't lived. You need to get I shot by not. a Walmart paintball gun. I've gotten shot by a paintball gun, but not in the head. Uh, no, in the hand. I've Bitch. shot someone in the face with one. That's bad. Did how did they react? I don't know. Fuck off. <laughs> you even check. You should, just like my dad. Yeah, don't shouldn't have been standing there. Okay, shouldn't, I should, lived. Shouldn't have stepped up like that. I am not dead yet. Uh, I am holding tall. I can take a couple shots. You know who it was? It was uh, <laughs> one of the one of the Saugus Little League kids. Remember, um, he was like the most famous one from it. Uh, Scuzz, little kid. Wow! And you shot him in the face. <laughs> yeah. On purpose. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> it was like we it. were we were at like a paintball place. Okay. All right. See, that's different than getting you know. We did. No, we weren't. We weren't like we weren't like dicking around in the backyard. It was like a, it was like the parks program where like everyone, like all like the kids, like went to like this like you know program in the summertime, and then we went on like a field trip to a, a paintball place, and they had teams, and you're just running around the woods, and he popped out of the bush, and I just went, boop, boop. I double tapped him right in the face. <laughs> See, uh, that's some saga shit in Brockton. We just run around with guns. Yeah. Well, we. We had guns with paint in them. They're paintball guns. I think I'd shoot you before you shot me. No chance. Easily. You're too slow. 
Also, way better legs than you, man. Way better legs than you. Way, I am known for having extremely like robust thick calves. Let's see them. I can't pull them out right now. Why not? I'm, there's not the there's not the infrastructure here. It doesn't allow me to be that flexible. The infrastructure. Yeah, sorry to use a big word like that. I don't think but you use it correctly. If you look at the stream we did a year ago, you can my calves are on display there. I, they're extremely okay. like dad calves. Okay. You know when like dads walk around and they're just yeah. fucking like juiced out of their mind. Yeah, that's that what mine you. are like. Okay. Hmm. What? What? What did you say? I didn't say nothing. Peg leg. Let, whoa! 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 <laughs> whoa! Sorry. Sorry. What happened to Bullet? Mm. He died. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, I'm just saying. I, I have very like thick, strong legs. Yeah, yeah, you do. You should thank your genetics. I actually genetics, have to work. I, I yeah, I gotta work for my leg meat. Yours listen, were God given. Th- you're, you you're, you're, just show up you're, with leg you're, meat. You're, yeah, you're a silver spoon bitch. You're no, just no, like, no. I, I'm you're, like a, yeah, you were born with a trust fund. That's that's who you fuck are. Fuck you. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I gotta go out there and work for my legs. You think I, I want to fucking? You think you think I wouldn't want to use my basement for other things? There's a giant fucking leg press and a leg extension and a squat rack oh, down there. Oh you don't think I want to fast metabolism? Pray for me. <laughs> Oh, my heart and life. How am I going to get by? Fuck you. These legs, I'm like a fucking 6'10 fucking wide receiver. I'm putting 5,000 calories down a day to support these fucking legs. Okay? 5,000 calories? On a good day. What do you eat? Well, I told you. If the Red Sox win, there's a celebratory meal. And if they lose, it's a therapy meal. What does that mean? Either way, we're eating. Okay, but what do you eat? Like pancakes? No, fucking pancakes, dude. At 11 p.m. Yeah, more than a freaking Dave's triple from Wendy's. Do you go and pick it up yourself? No. Fuck no. I DoorDash yeah. it. Let's grow up. This dude's they, out here paying thirty dollars for chicken nuggets, like a twenty six thirty four. Well, I get the ten piece <laughs> spicy nugget on the side because I like to put the nuggets in the burger. Yeah, I bet you do. Yeah, that's why my legs look like this and yours look the way they do. I don't, I, listen, your legs are genetics. Yours, specifically. Lots of hard work. I, hey, mm-hmm. let me, hey, I'll take you to the gym. I'll show you leg day. You don't do legs. I've done legs. You do Wendy's. <laughs> it's different. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Fuck you. It's that true. was uncalled. You could do both. Hey, you can do both. You don't, though. I do. When you, you go ever, to the gym? I've been to the gym before. Okay. Do you have a membership? <laughs> yes, I do, actually. Okay. Planet so you're Fitness. Just lighting money on fire. <laughs> it's more of a, you know, if the opportunity ever opens up where I could stop in. I actually pay for the, the deluxe one. Oh, perfect. It's just lighting well, more money on fire. Uh, I told myself maybe if I ever worked out, I could also get like a, you know, hop in the tanning bed and get a nice tan. We need to get you like. I'm going to, we need to do like a full makeover, a full makeover. And there's yeah, nothing you're, working. You're, nothing. Yeah. Your hair looks like shit. Your beard looks like shit. Like we need to a beard. Tyler, 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 listen, help me help you. If you want if you're the one that's saying that you want to do like the tan and all this, like, all right, fine. If you, if you want to do some cosmetic changes, then like, let's do the whole thing. Cause right now you, you look like a, an asshole. 
an asshole. That's just well, 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 why go that far? I, I think my hair is charming. It's, it's like I'm no, like no, no, uh, Ted no. from How I Met Your Mother. I'm kind of like no, out there. No, no, I'm, no, I'm no, doing no, my thing. No, I'm no, I'm playful, no, no, no. but I can be cool no, and like swaggy. No, you, I'm an architect. Look, no, you look like someone that's like paper or plastic. And then I got to be paper like, I don't know, dude, you pick. <laughs> You're not even going to give me an answer. <laughs> yeah. So we need to get you to like a nice barber. We'll clean you up. We'll get you some hair product. Is the hair product? Do, am I too young not to have hair product in, or too old? Yeah, I'm not. I need at this my age. I should you have need something it. in my hair. You need it. Okay, you need it. Yeah. Do you Clean talk to Jake up. like this? Jake looks good, but I look awful. Yes. Jake, do I look awful? Pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> Hit up my DMs. Tell me what I can do to make myself look better. No, 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 no. This is this is my undertaking. What, what, what am I going to pull up the Jared Carabas fit? Is that what we're going to get Tyler Milligan on? Do you trust me? You're swaggy, do you but trust I think me? I have a different swag. Do you trust me? I do trust you. Then just let Jesus take the wheel. Same initials. Jesus. Oh my God, you're right. Uh-huh. You just come up with that? No. Who has the same initials as TM? Uh, nobody. nobody. <laughs> exactly. All right. It's okay. Yeah. Trademark. No. no. Stop. Just stop. Talking. Sorry. Shh. <laughs> Figure to the lips. Yeah. All right. We'll Listen. Get, get me where I need to go. Yeah. I figured it out, and I I only had me, kinda. Uh you cheated, but you cheated. You got rich. How, that doesn't count. It's before that. I don't know if you were that swaggy before you got. Uh, rich. Yeah, th- I started. This all started in 2019. I was broke as hell. I was living in New York City. I didn't start like. Yeah, no, it didn't start. It didn't start until after the Red Sox won the World Series. Yeah, when you when you started growing your hair out, the switch. Yeah, flip. I had I had to. It was all trial and error, though. I had to figure it out. I had, I maybe had someone behind the scenes that was oh. saying, you know, try this, try that, you know, we'll figure it out. There, there might've been a puppet master behind the scenes that was helping out. Like, but, I feel like I was on that path at one point. Like when I had the nose ring and blonde hair, like I, I was trending and now I'm, now I'm a little off the ways again. Should I put, should I pierce my nose? No, dude. Jake? Definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> I have a nice nose for it. I don't care. Okay. We're not doing that. No, no piercing. You're no, you're no Joey Capone. You, he can pull it off. You can't. That you doing me like this on our on this podcast? Let's say, like hey, this? listen, listen. It's not you. Help me, help you, help me save you from yourself. I can't believe you just did me like that. You're going to thank wow. me one day. I don't know. I told you. I, hey, I told you the story about how I took my ear piercing out. It's true. Some girl was just really mean to me at a party in 2009. And she said, what are you, a fucking pirate? And I was like, no. <laughs> I took it out. Never put it back in again. You need a moment like that. You need someone to be like, hey, it's just don't do that. It's not for you. I'm a lost man and I need help. I'll My name you. is Tyler Milliken and I have a problem. 
Mm-hmm. Hi, Tyler. We'll figure it out. Jake, you're supposed to say it with him. No. Suck on it. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll be back on Sunday slash Monday morning whenever you listen to this podcast. Um, appreciate you location. listening. Where will you be? On vacation. Oh, yeah. You'll be down the Cape. We'll see if my, my setup can handle it. Yeah. I'll be yeah, here. I'll be I'll be here. I'll be here. And then I'm apparently going to Chicago. So Martha will be in the room for the next podcast. Oh does, okay. Does, she's gonna be in there with me. She so. wanna come on? She'll say she'll say some words. She'll be nervous oh, as hell, yeah. but she will. Don't tell her tell her not to be nervous. We she's met. A, yeah, that's true. We met. We uh we we like basically like co parented you. Yeah, a hundred percent. Jake's Jake, you're still with your girlfriend, correct? Oh, all right. Cut that out. <laughs> so sorry. Damn it. I started saying it. I was like, oh, shit. I haven't, we haven't talked about that. <laughs> Second episode in a row where we got to cut something out. He almost got there. <laughs> Fuck. Trying to, trying to land the plane. Sorry, Jake. <laughs> it wasn't recent was it it's pretty recent oh no you're like yeah two hours ago i'm sorry jake yeah it's during the podcast God. five minutes ago <laughs> yeah <I'm> so sorry <laughs> All right, well, I'm looking forward to Martha making her podcast debut. That'll be great. She's excited to talk to you guys. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll see you then. Bye, everybody. Be good. <laughs> Buenas noches, amigos.